Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson along with Michael Remus, and we have a packed show heading into the weekend and a huge game tonight for the Winnipeg Jets at home against the Dallas Stars. Weeb's World, Kenny Weeb's going to join us from Parts Unknown a little bit later on. We'll also uh, step away from hockey for a few minutes with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, get the latest from the NFL offseason, the uh, civil war in Major League Baseball, as well as uh, more effects in the world of sports from the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. So that's all coming up later. And the first off today, we were going to do this a little earlier this week. Had to reschedule for today. Really looking forward to having a longtime NHLer, Winnipeg native Dale Weiss join the program. Um, I'm sure Dale's got some thoughts on what happened between the Habs and the Winnipeg Jets earlier this week. And we'll get his thoughts on the uh, plight of the Winnipeg Jets going into tonight's game against the Dallas Stars, as well as talk about his time uh, playing overseas in Sweden this year. So looking forward to that. Um, Going to be a great show. And of course, it's Friday. You know what that means. Marbles at the end of the show. Be sure to stick around live on YouTube. For your chance to win a uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie, courtesy of our friends over at Canadian Club. Speaking of Canadian Club, big shout out to all of our great sponsors, including CC, Nick and Nikki DQ, Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, F Apparel, Vita Health, and Culligan Water. Let's get the show on the road and welcome in Michael Remus to the show. And at the same time, saying what's up to everybody in chat. Hey, Trevor Red Rangers here today. No podcast for him today. Off work and watching live. Great to have you. What up, James Robinson, the Soul Search Gurus, Gilbert, Chris, Schickster, and uh, T. Kona Polly's always with us. Great to see everybody here as we get things going. Remo, what's up, my man? Hey, how are you? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm psyched for the weekend. Um, big Friday night game, Sunday night. I got an open saturday night so fun stuff um you know just coming off a wild night around the nhl yesterday us um oh. some some major major upsets so uh ben I think Chirot, it, yeah mr 107 was mr ot last night yes. a little three on three winner for ben Chirot. two goals in the game last night i think a three-point game a nice comeback win for the Montreal Canadiens over the uh, Calgary Flames, who've been one of the best teams in the league over the last number of weeks. Yeah, there are two teams that I consider, uh, you know, the top of their conference. Uh, Colorado and Calgary both were upset. Calgary uh, in overtime against Montreal with Ben Chirot scoring two, as you just mentioned. And Colorado, <laughs> uh, huge favorite against Arizona. Carol uh, Vamelka. I mean, I, let's give this guy a trophy or something. Yeah, I mean, it's called the Vesna. <laughs> I mean, his, his numbers on the season aren't that good, but there he was yesterday making 42 saves. And I think his coming out party was against the Jets. So uh, he's, it was incredible. I mean, I, every time I see anyone against the Coyotes, I'm like, okay, I'm going to stack that team in DraftKings. I was all over McKinnon and Rantanen and then, Oh, no, Vimelka, 42 saves, shutting uh, shutting the door. That game got pretty rough, too. A big fight involving Nate McKinnon. Uh, Landeskog was involved in it last night. McKinnon bloodied up a little bit. And the Coyotes, I mean, credit to them. They really frustrated the uh, Colorado Avalanche. But um, no Jet fan is surprised when you see Vimelka drop uh, 48 saves on a top team and steal a victory. 
pretty much the only way the Coyotes win. Um, but, you know, we were just talking off air. He's had some absolutely monster games this year. I mean, two massive games against the Jets, only winning one of them. Uh, but, man, I mean, I think about that second game between the two clubs earlier this year, uh, like at the beginning of 2022. I mean, and the Jets put, I mean, they had almost 50 shots in that game and, uh, you know, barely were able to win the game. So uh, I don't know there could be a more taxing job in sports right now than being the goalie for the Arizona Coyotes, considering how much that team stinks. But I got to tell you, this Carol Vimelka is a player right now. And it'll be interesting to see how his career goes forward because, yeah, there's been some rough nights. But holy smokes, he has stood on his head plenty of times this year, Reem. He had a 50-save game against Calgary. Uh, they lost. He gave up four. He had the 48-save loss to the Jets. He gave up two. 46 saves against Toronto. He gave up one. And the Coyotes won that game. He shut out the Jets with 46 saves. And, again, last night, 43 saves in the win against Colorado. So, I mean, his numbers on the year are um, not great. 903 save percentage and 342 goals against. But, I mean, he's coming up with these huge games against good teams. And we're just like, every time we're like, ah, Vimelka. Like, it's a, was it an adjective now? A verse or a verb? Uh, it's crazy. It happens. So, I always, like, think there's going to be, they're probably going to get smoked. And he keeps them in so many games. B. Henderson, can you imagine if Vimelka was on a good team? I mean, listen, I didn't know anything about Vimelka, uh, and I don't think anyone really did. I mean, we joked that the first time he played the Winnipeg Jets, he didn't even have a picture on NHL.com or on the Coyotes' website. Um, but after seeing what he did to the Jets early on, and there was all the discussion about the Oilers needing a goalie, we're like, hey, there's a guy down in Arizona. I'm not sure whether the Coyotes would be interested in trading him, uh, but he certainly would be better than what the Oilers have been getting so far this year. So... Um, yeah, overall, interesting night last night. We mentioned the Coyotes win, the Habs winning in OT, and the Chicago Blackhawks doing some of the teams in the West a favor, although they did give up a late goal to the Edmonton Oilers to tie it up, uh, but then won it in OT. Um, and the Vancouver Canucks continue to kind of hang around. They're four games above 500 after that 4-3 win over the Islanders last night. Yeah, have you heard about this JT Miller? He's on some crazy hot streak here. I think he's. I heard he's going to the Leafs. I hear it's already done deal. No, that's a that's a joke. Uh, you think every player uh, here is going to the Leafs? So uh, we'll see what they end up doing with um with JT Miller. His name is out there in terms of uh, trade bait list. Although he does have one, he has one year left on his deal. Mitch, uh, Mitch WHT, I told you guys about Vimelka. You did, Mitch, and uh, we have all been witnesses. And uh, hey, David Lowe, special shout out to my guy, Dave. Great to have you with us live on the program, man. Thinking about you, buddy, and uh, looking forward to seeing you real soon when uh, when you get back home. Um, all right, Rimo, let's get uh, ready for this game tonight. This is it. I mean, if the, Win the Winnipeg Jets have to have this game, I think it was Jay Miller that said, you know, must win. This is a must win. This is a must win in regulation going into tonight, because as we look at the standings right now, after last night's action in the Western Conference, the Winnipeg Jets have some work to do. They are six points back of the Dallas Stars, and the Dallas Stars aren't even in a playoff spot right now. Um, Dallas has a game in hand on the Winnipeg Jets. So, I mean, it's very simple. I mean, you got to close this gap to four points. Dallas will still have a game in hand. Uh, it is really hard to imagine a scenario where the Winnipeg Jets could afford to lose this game tonight and still make a push for the playoffs. Um, I expect to see a real desperate team 
um, that, you know, is playing for their lives tonight against uh, a team that they played very close games at, against over the last couple of weeks. Um, both going to OT, but both ending up only with a single point, and that's not going to cut it tonight. A clean win is what the Winnipeg Jets need when they drop the puck at seven. Yes, and they're going to be getting some reinforcements tonight. We talked yesterday. He's back. Nikolai Ehlers uh, returning to the lineup with, um, you know, playing with Cop and Lowry to start. We'll wait and see. And here are the standings I have on the screen. I mean, they've got a bit to go, but um, Nashville not being so great in their last bunch. Anaheim, you know, they could fall off. You never know what could happen. You just got to play your own ball, Huss, and the Jets' ball lined up tonight against Dallas. And here are the lines. Thank you, Mike McIntyre, for putting these ones out. You Same as yesterday's practice. Uh, actually, that's not true. Pianca is playing, but... Stasny, Shafley, Wheeler, Connor, Dubois, Svechnikov, Kopp, Lowry, Ehlers, Veselainen, Tony Nato, Harkins, Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan Pionk, Bolyu, Schmidt, Hellebuck, and Nett, and Neil Pionk is, is playing. He didn't skate yesterday. Uh, Coach Lowry saying he's dealing with something. Who knows, but I guess it's something preventing him from taking the morning skate, and then, but he's okay, okay to play, so... Um, this is what it, what it happened. What's uh, it's gonna start? We'll wait and see if it lasts the whole game. You wonder if we'll see Ealers up there with Shafley and Weir if they want to load up or go with the more balanced approach. I mean, Lowry's on a bit of a heater here. He's got what three goals in the last last couple of games. So uh, again, big game here against Dallas. They're going with Brayden Holtby in net, but we that, always that was an interesting uh, mm-hmm. interesting decision because Jake Ottinger has really established himself as the number one guy, and I believe he's been the guy that the Jets have seen in those last two games over in Dallas, but Braden Holtby gets the opportunity to come in uh, today, and you know, I know Rennie was saying that maybe that's a bit of a break for the Jets. I mean, the bottom line is they can't really worry about who's in net, um, but they got to they got to put more past him than uh, Dallas does against Connor Hellebuck, and I guess part of playing the Dallas Stars is you have to worry about it. It's crazy. Even in miserable seasons when Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan are doing nothing on most nights, those guys somehow end up getting on the score sheet when they're playing against Winnipeg. Man, I was looking at their stats today, like in their career against Winnipeg. And even this year, they've been, they've been pretty good against the Jets. But here, I'll go give you Tyler Sagan in his career against the Jets. I think he's got, here, bring it up. 43 games, 27 goals, 23 assists, 50 points. Ooh. I mean, and and even this year, uh, I'll pull it up, hockey reference. This year against the Jets, three games, three goals, two assists, five points. Uh, Jamie Benn. And I do wonder if uh, you know we're going to see any fisticuffs tonight. We did see last time Ben and Dylan, although that was kind of like friendly. Were they just going like this and like trying to miss miss each other because they had dinner together the night before? I'm not. No, I don't think so. That was that that yeah. one where they had those two haymakers and they basically punched each other's fists. If you recall, that one is a very strange thing that happened. Jamie Ben's a tough dude, uh, mm-hmm. and he has been known to uh, drop him. Uh, seemingly, especially against the Winnipeg Jets, trying to get his team into it. He dropped um, against Buff one time. I do recall, and those are two right. two big boys. <laughs> Going at it, and and I mentioned I just mentioned Sagan's stats against us. Here's Jamie Ben, uh, eighteen, sorry, thirty seven games, eighteen goals, twenty one assists, thirty nine points, and even this year, uh, he's got three. This is Jamie Ben against the Jets this year. Okay, three games, three goals, three assists, six points. I mean, he's got 
28 points on the season. He's not exactly lighting the lamp, but against the Jets, seems to have their numbers. So uh, we'll have to see if the streak for them continues tonight. Yeah, they uh, they got to worry about those guys. But um, first and foremost, um, you know, hope you'll see uh, more of the uh, offensive outburst that the the Winnipeg Jets provided over the course of these last two games. Um, Thirteen goals in the games against Arizona and Montreal. Um, but as we mentioned, Reem, I mean, those games you had to have. I mean, they've got this two game winning streak going into tonight. Um, but they're moving up a weight class tonight against the Dallas Stars, and I would suggest going up another couple with the uh, subsequent games on the weekend, New York Rangers come into town for their lone visit on S- on Sunday night. And then of course the Tampa Bay lightning coming in to Winnipeg for their lone visit on Tuesday. So um, incredibly important game, you know, just looking at the standings right now, you, know, you got Colorado and Calgary, St. Louis, Minnesota, all very comfortably uh, up in that top half of the conference. Los Angeles Kings, who have been, um, you know, they've lost a couple in a row, but are still seven and three in their last 10. They're taking on Columbus tonight. Um, They're 10 games above 500 and, you know, in a pretty good spot with 65 points in 55 games. Uh, Nashville has lost a couple in a row and have not been very good in their last 10. Three, six and one, uh, but still 10 games above uh, above the number. And then you got the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights ream with identical 30, 21 and four records. Um, they're holding down those two wildcard spots right now with 64 points in 55 games. So with the win tonight, the Jets could get to within five points of that wildcard spot with even games played against Edmonton and Vegas uh, and obviously get to within four of Dallas, although Dallas would have the additional game. So, uh, I mean, it's sort of beaten the drum that, you know, we've been talking about for a while. Um, every point so crucial right now for Winnipeg and really no room for error when it comes to, uh, well, any of the games, to be honest. But, I mean, considering that, you know, the season series against just about all of those teams are finished with the exception of this one against Dallas. This is one of the few chances they'll have the opportunity for the um, four point game, if you will, against a division rival tonight. Yeah, this again, big game. You need to win against Dallas. You're chasing them. There are a lot of teams ahead of the Jets, so you do have concern. But hey, just play your own ball. Try to win, win games. And I think having Nikolai Ehlers back is going to be huge. I'm looking forward to seeing him flying around the ice, uh, ripping, ripping shots. You know, you know, he's very, very talented player. So I think that'll be that'll be huge. We did have some waiver news. This is waiver time. Waiver wire. Shout out to Rick. Rick always loved the Mm -hmm. waiver wire every day coming on during the round table. Uh, Austin Pogansky clears waivers. So we figure he's going to be sent down to the moose. Ehlers will be officially activated. And uh, there you go. That's today's uh, waiver. Today's the, the world of the waiver wire for the uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Dale Weiss is going to join us. We'll talk Jets. We'll talk a lot of um, you know his career so far. Maybe get some more thoughts on you know the Mark Shifley situation with the Habs and what may or may not be coming up uh, when these two teams play again a little later on. Uh, but just a quick note. Um, you know we mentioned that. Big Moose game tomorrow afternoon, 2 p.m. Um, it's the uh, autism awareness game against uh, Rockford. And uh, the Moose, man, Dan Fink uh, is probably needs uh, 
a little extra Culligan water for the pipes today after calling seven goals last night. A big, big outburst by Manitoba as they trounce the Rockford Icehogs 7-2. And for a team that has been winning games in a lot of different ways, but very rarely with massive offensive explosions, um, nice to see the Moose uh, light it up seven times last night heading into the uh, matinee tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how those teams keep doing it, Hus, because you know they've had a number of injuries, they've had COVID, guys being sent up and down from the Jets, and uh, all they keep doing is winning games. And there they were last night yet again, putting up uh, seven against the rival Rockford IceHogs. Uh, pretty impressive. So hope to see some uh, you know, playoff hockey at Canada Life Center. It looks like we're gonna see. Uh, see the moose. I mean, a couple of guys who've seen time with the Jets putting up some numbers. Uh, Declan Chisholm, he went, he had a goal and an assist. Uh, Kovacevic chipped in an assist. So there, there you go. Where's our guy, Jeff, Jeff Malott? Uh, no, he was, he had a, he had what he had a fight. So there you go. Uh, he was inspired by his visit yeah. to us on Winnipeg Sports Talk earlier this week. Um, Hey, you know, we'll probably touch on this maybe a little bit with Hacksaw towards the end. And, um, you know, you know, we've kind of said all week long that, you know, we're sitting here talking about the Jets and, you know, what's happening on the ice. But, I mean, there are incredible issues around the world right now, particularly over with uh, the Russian invasion of Europe. Uh, but, Remus, I'm just seeing this tweet from uh, our old buddy Slava Malamud. The Capitals are officially forbidding Ukraine flags from the arena. What? And I see and I see Chris Johnson saying this is difficult to understand, especially at a time when multiple NHL teams are showing support for Ukraine by playing the country's anthem before games. Um, Slava's pieced out this uh, this, you know, official um, uh, thing from the Capitals and the CSE policy. Banners are allowed. No Ukraine, Russia signs. And uh, to be honest, that is stunning. Um, and the first thing everyone's going to think of is the fact that, you know, Alexander Ovechkin is on the uh, Washington Capitals and uh, along with Kuznetsov and uh, Orlov, and I believe Orlov's wife, uh, you know, apparently was liking, you know, and I don't want to get into you know, what people are like oh. Instagram likes or whatnot, but, you know, when there's so much incendiary stuff out there and, um, you know, these people are Russians, um, it, uh, it certainly gets people talking on this, but um, th this is stunning, to be perfectly honest with you, that that would be the, the policy of the team with potentially the most Russian players in the entire league. That is, yeah, that's shocking that uh, they would do that. And Slava Malmud, who uh, Joey in chat says Slava must follow right now at Slava Malmud on Twitter, and I agree with that. I mean, you look at Ovechkin's Instagram photo, has it's, it's him, and, him and Putin, so... I guess they're trying to do a no, you know, politic-free zone. But, I mean, the first response is, meanwhile, in Winnipeg, it's everyone at Canada Life Center showing support for Ukraine. So very, you know, I'm seeing updates online, on Twitter all the time. It's very, uh, it's crazy what's going on over there. And, you know, we're thinking of them and definitely sending our support for sure. Yeah, well, we'll stay on top of that. We'll see what Hax has got to say about that a little bit later on. Uh, we're going to well, welcome in our pal Dale Weiss in just a second. Uh, before we do that, do you want to give a big shout out to our friends over at F Apparel for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk? You want to look good in 2022? Pop down and see Andrew and the guys and get the uh, incredibly affordable, sweet, custom-made suits. Not just suits, though. I mean, really custom clothing for any occasion. Suits, dress shirts, winter jackets, chinos, golf pants. 
untucked dress shirts, shoes, ties, accessories, and more. Bottom line is every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. I mean, we've got grads, we've got weddings, we've got a lot of things that we've been missing for the last couple of years coming up. So get on down to F Apparel, get a great deal on a custom-made suit from the gang. If you've got a wedding this summer, talk to them about a package for the wedding party. You'll get 15% off. And if you do have a uh, high school graduate, talk to them, uh, pop down, um, you'll get a free shirt and tie. You can get a shirt, tie, suit starting at 400 bucks. something that, uh, you know, hopefully the uh, the young person will be able to uh, use both post-graduation as well. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street, downtown, fephapparel.com. Uh, our friends at Vita Health continue to be the go-to spot for the best prices on Winnipeg's best selection of natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, not to mention an amazing grab-and-go deli with great, healthy, delicious lunch options like Vitamarket salads, soups, sandwiches, and more. If you can't make it into the store, you can visit their brand-new, fully shoppable website at myvita.ca to buy online or schedule a delivery with Instacart. And you can join the exclusive Vita VIP list by texting Vita VIP to 1-877-630-1970 to receive special offers all year long and be entered to win a $100 Vita Health gift card. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. And of course, our friends at Culligan Water continue to be the go-to people for water services in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba, a family-owned business that have been doing it for over 65 years. And not, they've got it all for you and your family and your office. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services. And of course, if you do have water needs for your business, Culligan can help you out with commercial and industrial water products and solutions as well. Visit them at 1200 Sargent Avenue. Give them a call at 204-694-5180 or find out more on what the Culligan man can do for you at drinkculligan.com. All right. Let's uh, welcome in our buddy Dale Weiss, who's back in the peg after playing overseas this year. Weezy, what's up? How are you? Oh, buddy. Happy to be here with you as always. How you doing? Hey, hey you know what? Remo, hold on one sec. Did Remo, are you hearing everything okay? I'm having trouble with Dale's audio. Hold on. Yeah, you know what? Dale, do me a favor. Maybe click out and then just pop back in. I have a feeling that um, it will probably work out better. Or maybe because uh, it was quite... Uh, okay. Might work us, now. Try it now. How's that now? There we go. Perfect. Perfect. What's We're going good? on? How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Sorry about that, boys. How are you doing? No, I'm, no problem. It's great to have you back on the program. I mean, listen, I want to talk about Jets, Habs, and a whole bunch of that stuff. But first of all, let's catch up. How uh, how was your time overseas this year? Um, oh, man. It was, um, it was probably the most difficult year I've ever had, to be honest with you. Um, you know what? I, I went over there. I didn't play for a year. I was excited to get back playing. I've never played in Europe before. And then, you know, last exhibition game, uh, I sprained my MCL. I miss a month. I come back. I do it again. First game back. I missed another month and a half. We had COVID breaks, uh, just league breaks, national breaks. Uh, it, it was just an absolute nightmare, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, for a guy that, you know, has been playing for so long. And, you know, the bottom line is you went over there because you loved the game. You felt like you had, you know, more to give and wanted to play. And, I mean, you know, to be in a foreign country for the first time, sitting out extended periods of time with injuries away from your family, I imagine that was uh, probably the hardest part of it all. Yeah, it was, you know what, I can deal with injuries. I've been through that in my career, but it was it was really difficult. And and obviously with COVID and stuff, you can't do a lot. Um you know, you're not traveling a lot on the road over there. It's a lot of like same day trips. So you're not around the team a lot. Um, it was, it was, it was a weird situation. I'm glad I went and did it. Now I can kind of close the door and, and, you know, I said, well, Hey, I, I got no regrets. I went and tried it. It's not for me. And, uh, you know, on to the next. What uh, you were in Sweden. I mean, tell us a little bit about the club, the city you were in. And uh, I mean, was it, was there a lot of culture shock, frankly, from being here in North America, your entire life? Yeah, I mean, Sweden's a beautiful country. Everybody speaks English. Um, you know, everything around the team was English. I, I don't know if the team that I went to, um, you know, was was a good example of what Sweden and European hockey's like. Uh, you know, it was only their second year in the, in the first division over there. So, you know, they didn't really have the resources that probably a lot of the other teams in the league had. Um, you know, it was it was interesting. Like, we didn't even have trainers every day. You know, it was like two days they'd be there, a couple days they wouldn't. Uh, we didn't even have a gym in our own rink. You had to walk down the block, go to the local gym to work out. Um, just a, a really, really interesting situation. And exactly what you hear about European hockey, the bad stories, I went through all of it. <laughs> See, it makes you appreciate the NHL treatment a little bit more when you're in a situation like that. Man, like, you know what, that that was probably partially the problem where, you know, you're used to a certain standard of of you know, hockey where the trainers and, and equipment and all this stuff. And over there, the, the budget is obviously a lot different. And uh, it, it was a nightmare. I absolutely hated it. Now, uh, well, it's great to have you back. And I'm sure the best part was uh, seeing your wife and your kids and getting Team Weiss back together. Yeah, it was the best. It was the best. I mean, thank God for technology. We can get like this. And, and I talk to my kids and my wife every day. But uh, it's not the same, you know, missing hockey practices and just the little things that I got accustomed to taking them to school and stuff the year before. Uh, you know, you, you can't put a price on that. I missed it big time. Now you're back here. I mean, I assume you won't be going back to Sweden next year, but um, is it time to move into another chapter of a life or are you still considering playing depending on what the opportunities are like next year? Yeah, if, if I had any ounce of, of enjoyment playing the game, it was completely taken out of me this year. Um, you know, and, and maybe it might be different if I went to Switzerland or, you know, maybe a higher budget team in, in another league, but um i don't i don't know that the passion's just not there it was a tough couple of years before i went over there and then going through that this year i i just don't get excited i you know i'm going to the rink was a chore um i, I don't want to have that happen again i don't want to take my family over there so i think it's time to close the door and, and do something else now, um, have you? I mean, I guess you know. There's always a time in your career when, especially you know, when you're winding down in the National Hockey League and deciding to do something like this. I mean, you have thought ahead about life after hockey. I mean, that's a big part of it. Um, what are you going to do other than talk? You know, we're doing Habs tonight and uh, jumping on with us talking NHL on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah, so I, I know we discussed it before. I have my business in Montreal. Um, that opened at the beginning of COVID. We're finally fully open, uh, absolutely thriving the last couple of weeks, which, you know, I've been pulling my hair out for the last year, opening, closing, you know, 25% capacity. Um, you know, now that that's open, it, it's amazing. So, you know, popping back and forth with there. Um, you know, I, I started developing uh, real estate. So I got some rental buildings that I'm just finishing my second one. 
and um, you know, probably currently looking at, at maybe buying a business. So I, I, I'm a little more excited about that than, than jumping into hockey stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, I got, I got a lot on, the, on my plate right now. Hey, fill people in if they missed uh, your last visit with us on uh, what the business in Montreal is. Yeah, so it's a, it's a family center. It's called Wild Moms World Broussard. Um, you know, we got about 8,500 square feet. We got uh, pools for kids five and under. Uh, we got a cafe. We got a gym. We run a bunch of different classes, uh, you know, from like Pilates, TRX. Um, we have everything, pre- and postnatal classes for moms. Uh, dads can go too. We have a great play area. We have a spa. Uh, there, there's just a, it, it's just a great family center and, and I'm really, really glad to finally see it thriving. It's been a, it, it, it's been interesting the last two years. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, timing is everything. I mean, I think about, you know, businesses like yours, I mean, here, I mean, they built that big rec room place here. I mean, I think it literally opened the grand opening the week before COVID started. And, uh, it has been so trying for so many people in so many different industries. So Hopefully we're through the worst of it and uh, can get back to normal and uh, see things thrive. As you mentioned, let's talk some hockey right now. Um, you know, before we get to the jets and the game on that night, I mean, you of course, very close to the uh, Montreal Canadians and, you know, we're following them all the way to the cup last year, doing your contributions on Habs tonight. What the hell happened? This team was in the Stanley cup final just a few months ago and is now in the running for the number one pick overall. I mean, I guess it starts with no Shea Weber and no Carey Price, but uh, I mean, what a stunning turnaround. I know the expectations weren't very high. It was a kind of a Cinderella run, but I'm sure you could not have possibly imagined to see the Habs where they are in the standings this season. Yeah, yeah, you said it perfect there. Um, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you, do, do I think it was, a, it was kind of a lucky run, a Cinderella run last year? Absolutely. Uh, a lot of things went right for them. Carey Price was out of his mind. And did I expect him to fall out this far? Probably not. Um, you know, to the level that they're at now where, you know, I, we're watching the game the other night. I, I don't know what kind of team that is. Um, that, that's not an NHL caliber team. And and it's frustrating to watch to me. Um, you know, I, I don't know who you blame or where you point the fingers there. You know, from the time that I was there in 2014, 2015, and then coming back my second time, the team just turned over too much. And, and I don't know if you want to put that blame on Bergevin, but it just continued to turn over all the time, bringing in new guys. It didn't work. I'm going to continue to bring in more guys. And, you know, when I look at the roster, I was on that roster in 2020 in the summer, and I'm there the other night, and I only know three guys on the team. And it's really hard to, have to sustain success in the NHL when you just continue to turn your locker room over. And, you know, like you mentioned, you lose Shea Weber when everybody laughed and, and I said how important his leadership was to that locker room, I think you're seeing that unfold a lot this year. God, leadership, not to mention the 26, 27 minutes a night you'd be playing in front of an all-world goaltender that's not there either. Of course, of course. And, and you know, I, I I can talk to them blue in the face about Carey Price and what he means to that team, but, you know, no disrespect to the guys they got, but you go from having one of the best goaltenders in the world to guys on a normal year that might be up and down between the American League and the NHL. It's really hard to compete every night. Um, what did you think about that game? I mean, it was bizarre in so many different ways. I mean, the Jets score four right off the bat and then, you know, showing, you know, the the ups and downs that have sort of marred their season. Don't get another shot for the rest of the period. All of a sudden it's four, three in the room and the Habs tie it up in the second period. Credit to the Jets for getting it done after that big save on the penalty shot. I was in the building. I mean, you could just feel the nerves, especially considering what happened last weekend against the Avalanche. 
Uh, but that was no Picasso. I'm sure the coaches were wanted to burn the tapes after that one. Uh, I, I think on both sides, probably burn the tapes. I, I don't know if I've seen a game like that in, in 10 years. Um, you know, I, I watched the Jets come out. I'm like, okay, this is a big game. They're chasing a playoff spot. Montreal, you know, no disrespect. They're fighting for the first overall pick. So you, you expect the Jets to come out a little more desperate. They have a great 10-minute push. The building's excited. Everybody's pumped up. And then the wheels start to fall off through it. You know, is Anderson's goal down the wing a great goal? Is Hellebuck want to go back? Probably. Um, you know, face-off play, Anderson's second one. You know, he kind of like loops and goes for a rebound. Nobody touches him, empty net. Uh, just, you know, when you when you look at that game, it looks to me like two teams that are really struggling with their identity. Um, you know, like you said, in, in inconsistency where, man, you watch the Jets go on some rushes and, and three and four minutes they're pressuring. They're making great plays. And then for four minutes, five minutes, you know, you just see nothing. And it's just, you know, we just talked about consistency with goaltending and consistency in a lineup. If you're if you're going like this every five minutes, it's, it's going to be really hard to be successful in the NHL. Well, and it's kind of funny. I mean, in a lot of ways, that's a microcosm of the Winnipeg Jets season so far. A couple of good games and then a big dud against some weak teams. I mean, they've had some terrible losses on home ice. And that's a big reason why they are where they are right now, clinging to some pretty faint playoff hopes. I mean, I know you've been overseas and you haven't been able to watch, but I mean, you know what this team has been. You saw them last year in the playoffs and listen, a very different team after the Mark Shifley hit and he was out of the lineup. But I'd imagine this still has to be somewhat surprising that a team with this much talent is where they are in the standings right now. I'm actually shocked, to be honest with you. I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I've, I've watched a ton of their games, but obviously, you know, my brother and my dad fill me in a lot, and, and I watch when I can. And just watching the other night, you look at their roster, and I'm, I, I don't have the answer. I, they should be better. You have an all-world goaltender um, who, who I think probably plays too much, in my opinion. Um, you know, and when you look at the skill on the roster, their power play, they should be in a playoff spot every day of the week. So I, I, I'm just confused on, on what they are as a team. And, you know, as a Jets fan, you know, I am a Jets fan now. Um, I just wonder the direction of where this team's going. Yeah, well, I mean, that has been, and listen, I think this is going to be, um, you know, a real crossroads for the club. I mean, hey, we'd all love to see them go on a heater and somehow make it into the playoffs. And I imagine we'll be having a different conversation at that point. But um, you know, this core has sort of been together and it was really put together with this window right now with all these players signed with great expectations. And when those expectations aren't met at being a cap team well into LTIR with the, you know, with the the um, the investments that the organizations made in it, you would think that, you know, something significant has to change. Obviously, the coaching changed at some point uh, earlier this year when Paul Maurice walked away. Uh, but major questions about how they go forward with this core. And we may as well talk about Mark Shifley because of course he is the uh, public enemy number one in Montreal still after the Jake Heavens hit last week. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this to you beforehand, just we were texting going into the game. Um, but, you know, considering what happened last year, and this was the first time that they'd played, um, were you surprised? Did you think that something would happen early on or did you think that maybe nothing would because, I mean, the coaches are different. The, you mentioned the turnover on the Montreal Canadiens, um, you know, very different team that's playing right now. I mean, how did you think that that might be a part of the game? And um, then we'll kind of get to what actually happened towards the end of it. Yeah, I, I was shocked, to be honest with you. Um, I, I thought 100% Evans comes up to him in warm-up, says, hey, we're going for a shift. He finds them. They get it done. And then, and then nothing happens. Um, you know, when it didn't happen for the first little bit, I'm thinking, what is going on here? 
You know, if, if I'm on the Montreal locker room, even if I'm a new guy, I want to make, you know, my teammates know that I got their back. I want management to know I'm fighting for my teammates. I'm finding it myself and forcing him to, or if, if not, someone else is coming to grab me. So I, I was shocked to be honest with you. Um, I, I think Jake's a well-liked guy in the locker room. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, I'm surprised he didn't do it himself and I'm really surprised. I, I didn't see one conversation uh, with Shifley until Weidman ended up fighting him. I didn't, I didn't see him, you know, there was nothing. And I don't know, maybe I'm, I, I'm a little old school in the way that I think. Um, and, and obviously the game's changing a lot. There, there isn't a lot of altercations out there. There doesn't seem to be a lot of hatred in the game. There's not many scrums after the whistle, but I, I was, I was shocked. As I said, I, you know, when we were texting, I thought hundred percent, they go right away. You know, uh, and, and I mean, the fact that it took like 58 minutes into a game that was done for something to happen. And I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I was just stunned that, you know, it was Chris Weidman. I mean, this guy's 5'9 and wasn't on the Montreal Canadiens last year. And yet he's the guy that's going after Mark Shifley again. I mean, as a former Hab and a guy that's been in those situations before, well, what does that tell you about where that team is at? You know, if you don't feel the need to fight for your teammate, regardless of its last year, there's obviously some issues in that locker room. And, and you know, that's where, you know, guys like Shea Weber and Carey Price, not that Shea Weber is going to call a guy out and say, hey, you know, you go fight him. But I guarantee if Mark Shifley comes around Shea Weber early in that game, he's getting an extremely hard cross check and there's going to be some words said there. So, um, you know, and, and then that kind of spirals, everybody gets involved. But, um, you know, th th they are where they are for a reason. Um, you know, they, they lack some serious leadership in that locker room. And, and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm truly, truly shocked that nothing happened up until that point. Now, I mean, the fight itself, I mean, I don't even know if we can call it a fight. I mean, I said, you know, yesterday on the program, I mean, if that happens in the second period, I'm pretty sure they're just getting two each for roughing. It was at the end <laughs> of the game. They're going to get the guys into the uh, into the room. Um, now, you probably didn't see this before. Earlier this year, the Jets were playing the Maple Leafs. Things got kind of nuts at the end of the game. There was 30 seconds left, and Logan Stanley went at it somewhat with Wayne Simmons and then was going to the bench and did the big, like, you know, get the crowd up. And that, I think, you know, a lot of people outside of the market didn't know. And, I mean, many people from Winnipeg took Mark Scheifele's little pump up as, I mean, maybe sort of a self-depreciating joke of the fact that that wasn't really even a fight and, you know, he's going off afterwards. But it was interesting to see how it was seen outside of Winnipeg, outside of Winnipeg Jet fans, especially in Montreal. I mean, uh, well, how did you see uh, Shife's reaction to that? And is that sort of gas on the fire, considering they have another game later on this year? To me, that's absolute gas on the fire. Um, I, I, I mean, I found it funny as a fan. I love that kind of stuff. It's entertaining. The fans cheer. They loved it. As a teammate, as a guy that's been there across from that, that's that's gas on the fire um you know and even him he's probably surprised how easy of a night he had where nobody came up to him nobody asked him nobody did anything i think it was almost like wow there, there's the fight there you go you, you had your chance and you know you, you guys didn't do much with it so um as a fan i loved it as an opposing player um that's just an absolute kick in the teeth now, Josh Anderson spoke after the game, and, you know, I mean, listen, Anderson was a monster in the game. He scored a hat trick, and, I mean, they were trying to win the game. But, I mean, he's one of the biggest, meanest dudes on that team. And, you know, much like, you know, you kind of said that Shea Weber, if he was in the lineup, would have been done. I kind of really expected, you know, Anderson maybe to be the guy that was given 55 the business. That didn't happen. But he did say afterwards that, oh, it's a good thing that we play these guys again 
you know, later on this season. We know what the Montreal media is like. We know what the fans are like. I mean, what, what should what should Mark Shifley and the Jets be expecting when this series returns to uh, the Bell Center in Montreal at the beginning of April? I never saw Anderson's comments, and I thought it's interesting. Um, you know, to me, Anderson's got a long-term contract. Um, you know, he's not fighting for a job there. Yeah, they're trying to win a game. You guys are out of the playoffs. The game really didn't mean that much to them. I think it would have meant more if he went after Mark Shifley early and show his teammates, this is a guy that's going to stand up for his teammates. That's a guy that's going to have everyone's back. To me, when I see a guy come out and say that, you know, okay, he was a monster. He had a great game. But you, you didn't even say a word to him all night. And I understand Mark Shifley's not going to fight Josh Anderson. And, and, and I'm sure Anderson knows that. So he's like, well, don't even bother. But uh, the fact that he didn't even go up and say anything to him, don't grab his jersey do something is shocked to me, um, you know, and, and I expect something to happen in the next game, but I, I, I would have expected something to happen this game. So um, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Hey, uh, what'd you think of Marty St. Louis getting the job on an interim basis to take over? Very interesting choice of a guy that, you know, had, I mean, listen, incredible hall of fame player um, and, you know, French can speak the language, which we all know is important. Um, but it was uh, it was kind of an out of the box selection for a head coach uh, with the uh, after Ducharme was bunted. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I'm the first guy to say I think we need new blood in the NHL, whether it's general managers, coaches, um, whatever it is. I just think too many guys are getting reused, and it's the same story. You didn't have success over there yet. You've been in the game for 30 years, so you're going to get another job. I I just don't think it's working. So I, I loved it. Um, and all the guys I talked to on Montreal absolutely love them. They love his passion. They love the way he communicates. Um, you know, he genuinely cares about the players. So, you know, I, I think it's a win. I think, you know, if you would have had some someone else come in at that situation, a, a guy that's been around, you know, maybe comes in, he tries to be harder and disciplined guys. I don't know how that would have went over. Um, you know, they're already last place in the league. It's a struggling situation. I think it's a great move, and I, I, I hope it pans out. I hope, you know, he, go, he stays past this year and, and has success. Yeah, I mean, it's it just a bizarre year for Montreal all around. I mean, they do have the draft, and, you know, they'll be excited for it. But um, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I mean, you know, they saw they won last night. Ben Sherratt, Mr. OT, couple goals last night. And, you know, he certainly does have them playing, you know, with, with some spirit and some passion. Although, frankly, we didn't see a lot of that in the game that I think everyone expected it against the Winnipeg Jets. But other than that, they've been playing some good hockey as of late and probably just driving Habs fans nuts because the only goal right now is getting that top pick. And uh, they're actually winning some hockey games. Yeah, I, I, I've had that conversation with a lot of people on Twitter where everyone's like, oh, you should tank. You should tank as if any player is going out there trying to deliberately lose. Um, it, it's madness to me as a fan. Uh, you know, obviously you want to see teams win, uh, you know, but when you think about further down the road, yeah, would you like that first overall pick? That would look pretty good. How, how difficult is it for to be a player playing out the stretch, like with 30 games left in a season when you're right down at the bottom of the standings, especially for a veteran guy that doesn't really give a damn about a first round pick. I mean, this is their career. They're living in the present and uh, you're losing more often than not. Yeah, it's tough. I, I was there in Philly one year where we, we were about 20 points out with two months left. Um, you know, we knew we weren't getting in the playoffs, but there's always something to play for. As, as an older guy, it's tough. Um, you know, maybe you got a couple years left on your deal. You know, are, are you always trying to perform your best? Yes. Um, but you're not really feeling the pressure at that situation. You know, your season's done in two months. It's a difficult situation. You want to be in those meaningful games. That's the best time to play hockey. You know, March, it starts to get warm. April, 
Um, you know, it gets warm in most places, maybe not Winnipeg, but you know, you're getting that playoff feel a little bit. It's the best time to play hockey. So it's difficult. Um, you know, when you see games like the other night for Montreal, where, where, you know, you see veteran players and, and you don't see a lot of emotion. I understand it. I get it. Um, but I also understand it from a fan's perspective when you're watching, you're like, come on guys, every night, you know, y- you gotta be all out and, 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 and they're not getting it some nights. Hey, you mentioned the flyers, um, as a former flyer and a guy that has, you know, a lot of NHL experience, um, what the hell has happened to that team? They had a 10 game losing streak and a 12 or 13 game losing streak. And they're eight points out of dead last in the national hockey league. Um, you know, I, I said it, I'm, I've said it a lot and people kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Um, you know, when I got there, I thought it was, it was probably the worst culture I've ever been around in my NHL experience. Um, you know, not now that I'm, I'm out of the NHL, I'm finished. I'll still say that was the worst culture I've been around. Uh, there was just something about it when I got in there. Um, you know, the guys at the top, whether that was management, um, you know, it, it was just an interesting feel and, and, you know, they, they traded Voracek this year. Um, and people were saying, well, yeah, you know, maybe he was part of the problem. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say he was part of the problem. I just think they had a really big culture issue there. Um, you know, I, I thought maybe Elaine Vino would come in and, and kind of solidify that and, and hold people accountable. Obviously didn't work. So, you know, I, I think they got some players that they still got to move out of there to, to kind of clear out that old culture and start fresh. Well, I mean, let, uh, expand on that a bit more. What separates the culture, like a good culture, a winning culture on an organization uh, and what that means for the players as opposed to a situation like you just described? Right. So, um, you know, to me, it's it, it starts obviously with your management. Um, you know, Philly, we were worried about where guys were parking their car and why they were giving this stick away to this guy after a practice. There was just a lot of things that didn't have anything to do with winning. And, you know, as you move down to your locker room, you think about your top players, your top players are, are, are driving the team. Um, you know, some coaches don't hold them accountable, but most really good leaders hold themselves accountable. They don't put themselves above the team and it's not about their accolades. You know, the top guys are going to get your points. You look at Winnipeg, Marsh Shifley, these guys, you're going to get your points. You're going to get your numbers. You play a ton, but you also have to hold that locker room accountable and, it's very difficult. I, I found in Philly, you know, a lot of the time, you know, we'd be winning 6-1, 6-2 in games, and the coach would be throwing out, you know, the third, fourth lines and playing them. And there would be top guys that were mad they weren't getting out there to get their cookies. And that, to me, what was like the biggest telltale sign that, you know, these guys were only happy when things were going well for them and they weren't in it for the team. And that's it's, it's very easy to see as, as, as an insider that was there. Uh, a little more difficult to see as a fan watching the team saying, what the hell is going on? Yeah, you know, that's really interesting that you bring that up. And I'm not going to sit here and say that's the same thing here in Winnipeg. But, I mean, there have been at times over the last three and four years, I mean, sometimes that, you know, some of the things that you described were sort of what, you know, many people have been murmuring. And, you know, it hasn't been perfect. And obviously, Paul Maurice is gone. Dave Lowry's come in on an interim basis, and we'll see what happens going forward. But, um, you know, for a team like the Jets, if they feel they need to change that, I mean, how do you do that um, other than, you know, making massive, significant moves of some of the top players that are the guys that, you know, sort of are on the top of the pecking order, if you will? Yeah, that see, that's what's difficult about Winnipeg. Um, okay, do, do you want to trade Blake Wheeler? Do you want to trade Mark Shifley? And I'm by no means saying that those guys are the problem, but okay, those those are two really, really good players. 
who are you getting back to replace them? Because you're not getting superstars to sign here in free agency. So I think that's where kind of the, the trouble is. Do I, do they want to trade their top guys and reset that culture? Yeah, I'm sure they probably do. But how do you replace them with top guys, superstars in, in free agency and trades? Everybody's got no move clause. Winnipeg's first on the list that they don't want to come to. Um, it's, it's just really difficult. But the only way to reset that culture and, and really, really you know, start from square one as it starts with your top guys. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I mean, this is something we've talked about over the course of this year. I mean, that would have been just the conversation would have been unthinkable in previous seasons. Uh, but when you're back at it and you see the way the thing is trending and, you know, you've got a number of, you know, key players, especially some of the younger guys with the Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor and Connor Hellebuck, you know, signed for going forward. And I'll say this about Wheeler. I mean, Wheeler's making eight and a half million bucks and he is 35 years old. I mean, that's not an easy contract to trade. The thing with Shifley that's interesting is that he still is an incredibly productive player. I mean, he's got major defensive warts that we went over yesterday on the program. The guy's minus 20 on the season right now. I mean, that's probably not a not a number he likes looking at right now. Um, but I mean, there is still is value on that, especially with that contract, but you're exactly right. You can decide that maybe that's the right thing for the, for the hockey club to, to do. And you, you get a bit of a culture change and you're bringing in the bottom line is though, I mean, if you trade a player like that, um, you know, it's a, it's a franchise changing move, a risky move from the general manager. And the bottom line is if you don't have Mark Shifley in your top six, that is a ton of offense. That's not going to be there that you need to replace it. And that's not easy to do by pulling the trigger on a trade. No, no. And, 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 you know, when you look at Blake Wheeler, that's a really tough situation. Um, and again, I'm not saying he's a problem. I don't have inside information. I, I don't know a lot of guys on the jets, so I'm, I'm not saying that by any means, but I, I think when you look at it, that's the move that has to be made. You said he's 35. Um, and, and, you know, outside of one or two guys, you really start to decline. So, you know, is, is, that, is that a move they're probably looking to make? Yeah, but how do you move that contract? And then again, if you look at Mark Shifley, okay, you know, defensively, maybe he's not what you want, but he's as good as anybody in the NHL on the power play. He, he's an offensive driver alone. He can make players around him better offensively. Um, I, I just don't know how you can replace that, like I said, on 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 how do you get guys to come here? How do you sign guys? Um, you know, you, you lose those two guys if that's the, the direction you go down. I don't know, you know, do your other guys want to stay around? Guys like Kyle Connor, uh, you know, does Hellebuck want to stay around? You run into issues when that happens. Well, and the bottom line is, I mean, you're going to have a much tougher time keeping those guys around if uh, the team's not winning and you're not making the playoffs. And that is kind of, a bigger story about everything going on. Wheezy, this has been awesome having you back on the program. Uh, tell you what, we've got an open spot for you on the reg here if you want to uh, chop it up and uh, talk what's going on in the National Hockey League. Everyone's loving you back on the program. And, uh, heck, it's just great to see you back in Winnipeg. Uh, should give a, a, a big hello to uh, the rest of Team Weiss for me when, uh, when you get back. I will do, buddy. Hey, I'm available anytime. I got lots of time on my hands, so you let me know. I'll tell I'll tell you what I'll text you and let's uh, let's do this on the, on the reg as we get into the playoffs. Would love to. I'd love to do it again real soon. Beautiful. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks again. Thanks, pal. There's Dale Weiss. You can follow him on Twitter at Dale Weiss twenty two. Longtime NHLer, Winnipeg native, and just back from uh, playing his first season over in Sweden. Now talking a little life after hockey and some great insight on what's happening both with the Jets and the Habs 
and what we might expect coming up in April when these teams meet again. We'll continue our Jets talk. Kenny Weeb coming up in just a second uh, as we do that. I want to give a, a big thank you and a holler out to the gang over at Manitoba Battery. Donnie, the guys keeping Manitobans powered throughout the winter. Best prices in town on automotive batteries. A hundred bucks or less for most makes and models with Core Exchange, and they'll deliver it to you anywhere in the city on the same day if you order by 1.30 p.m. for just $115. And for those of you getting out on the lake ice fishing, got those flasher batteries to keep you catching fish right up until the end of the season. And as soon as this season is over, we'll be talking about boat batteries, ATVs, some of the toys, some of the fun stuff, as opposed to just trying to make sure your car starts at minus 30. Manitoba Batteries over at uh, 1026 Logan Avenue. You can give them a call at 204-783-8787 or catch them online at manitobabattery.com. Royal Sports ready for the weekend. More new inventory coming in on a daily basis Uh, But we already know that they are the go-to spot for the best selection in town of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, including tons of exclusives uh, and goes for the same for the Bombers. Exclusive Winnipeg Blue Bomber back-to-back champions. Hats came in a couple weeks ago. Pick them up now while supplies last. Um, When it comes to merchandise, uh, well, we won't. We don't care about baseball merchandise. They're on the list right now. Uh, But NBA, NHL, NFL, CFL, they've got it all. Massive hockey selection, snowboards, fitness, and so much more. And make sure you check out all the cool stuff over on the Kings Skate Snow and Surfside. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And uh, follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and deals. And, of course, it is warming up. We do have a glimpse of spring in the future And you might be thinking about maybe getting into a new ride because, man, it has been crappy on the roads this year. And if you are thinking about a new whip, before you do anything, pop down and talk to our friends at Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Check out all the amazing vehicles on the lot at Waverly and McGillivray or talk to their experts about the make and model that you're looking for and they'll get it here at the best possible price. Not Auto Corp, Waverly and McGillivray and online at not.ca. All right, let's get to it. Kenny Weave is back from his palatial estate down in the desert and joins us now before the Jets take on the Dallas Stars tonight. Uh, how have your travels been, Weaver? Uh, how's great to be with you. Uh, I know that uh, Leon Desilet's uh, T-Bird has been getting a lot of love on the Kenny and Rennie show, so I <laughs> wanted to uh, give it the Vanna White for the Winnipeg Sports Talk afternoon showing. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, the only the only bad news about this trip so far is that there are no spring training games to attend. Uh, one of the things I love to do when I'm down here, but uh, let's not waste any time talking about that labor strife. Let's uh, let's get into the hockey. It's been a great uh, it's been great to uh, escape the cold, and uh, it's just good for the joy level to uh, to be outdoors a bit. Uh, I am happy to report I spent uh, six hours uh, on the cleaning uh, cleaning up our rental property to have the house ready for sale. But uh, otherwise, uh, it's been uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I it's a big weekend around town. Love to be at the games, but uh, happy to report uh, it's been going okay covering from here. And I will be on the next Jets road trip. So our next visit, Hus, is going to be live. Uh, I guess from the Long Island, I guess. I guess next week I'll be in New Jersey, uh, Long Island in the new rink, get a good chance to see see the new barn, and then uh, off to St. Louis for the uh, series finale at a critical juncture here for the uh, local hockey club. Well, you know, it's all about tonight before they get onto the road. Yeah. Just quickly, how many rounds? How many rounds in? 
Uh, three rounds in Huss. Uh, <laughs> I did manage to uh, squeeze a little bit of golf in. Yes, happy to report uh, two birdies and uh, 23 pars so far in the three rounds. So, But the scoring, the scoring has not been optimal. <laughs> well, there was uh, quite a bit of scoring on Tuesday night <laughs> between the Jets and the Montreal Canadiens. I, mean, I know you and Ken uh, and uh, Rennie chopped it up after the game on Tuesday night, but um, I mean, what a bizarre, bizarre game. We were just talking to Dale Weiss about it. I mean, in a lot yeah. of ways, it sort of encapsulates what both of these teams have been this year. Um, you know, good, well, particularly the Winnipeg Jets, good at times, terrible at times. And, um, you know, able to score, but also able to completely abdicate all defensive responsibilities where uh, nothing is a given. Well, what did you make of that uh, 8-4 game? It was bananas. It really was, Huss. Uh, your buddy Gregory uh, chimed in. He 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 was envisioning a 9-8 Philly special, Huss. So, uh, Wasn't showed far out, off. Showed out there. Uh, yes, I mean, it, it, thankfully... Uh, there were a few more saves made at both ends of the ice that didn't get quite to that point, but uh, man, what a wild game for sure. Like uh, I know I wasn't in the building husks, but you, you got the sense of how emotional things were with Hoosley singing the anthems. Uh, one of those kind of, I would imagine most people in the building had uh, goosebumps uh, happening there. Uh, you saw the jets kind of fly out of the gate. I mean, four goals in the first half of the period, uh, basically clicking on all cylinders and then a, a bit of a lapse and, it's odd. I mean, what we've been talking about so much this year, I know some folks uh, reaching out on the Twitter machine, Josh Anderson would be a perfect fit for the Winnipeg Jets. Naturally, Josh Anderson delivering his first NHL hat trick against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, he's a guy that any team in the NHL could use. And we know that the Canadians are rebuilding, but I don't see Kent Hughes moving a Josh Anderson. He's the kind of guy you want around young players, given that kind of power forward mentality. Uh, and he sort of has a little bit of old school in him as well, which uh, a lot of teams are looking for. Uh, but again, Huss, I think the, the thing we can't lose sight of, and it's easy to do so based on how you know the game went in Friday night in Colorado, uh, that the Jets were able to stabilize in a situation where it looked like the floor was about to give in on them. Uh, I think there has to be some credit given. Yes, I understand that the Canadians are you know one point out of last place and you know, nobody's planning a parade based on wins over Arizona and Montreal, but they're at that stage where it's not how, it's how many. Obviously, the how is important now going into the, the rest of the games on this homestand when you're playing opponents that are playing at a higher level. But, I mean, let's also not forget the Montreal Canadiens had won five in a row under Marty St. Louis, so it's not a surprise they didn't go away after giving up the four early goals. But uh, Jets are going to have to tidy a few things up if they want to keep uh, – or extend this streak to, or actually get to a streak at three for the first time since early January. And man, I mean, that's just the second time this year, right? They have the one early four-game winning streak, the three-game winning streak, uh, last game of December and early January. But we're on March 4th here, Huss. And if the Jets want to overtake some of these teams they're chasing, they're going to need to rattle off a few more, uh, that's for sure. Well, and, you know, we'll get to this Dallas game tonight, but, I mean, uh, this yep. is the last chance to to go again with them. And one of the things that just complicates their plight right now is the fact that their season series against most of the teams that they're chasing is already done, and they're going to be counting on some... Uh, um, they're going to be counting on some help from a lot of other people. Just a quick note from uh, from uh, the CTO. Uh, Sagan and Heiskanen are both game-time decisions tonight. Oh. We know we talked about what a jet killer Tyler Sagan's been, so... Um, you know, maybe that will be some good fortune. But the bottom line is the team's going to have to play a full 60 if they want to beat the Dallas Stars. 
back to Tuesday for a minute. Um, you know, we just had a real interesting conversation with Dale Weiss. Um, he said that he was shocked that nothing happened until two minutes left in the game. He was stunned as to who it was that stepped up to Mark Shifley. What did you think of that, Ken? Were you surprised that anything happened or it didn't happen earlier? And then what did you make of uh, Shife's reaction after the quote-unquote fight? And what do you think that might do to uh, the game in early April uh, back in Montreal? Yeah, Huss, a lot on the plate there. Happy to step up to the buffet. Uh, The only thing I was really surprised about was Mark kind of not calling out Jake Evans, but saying he was ready to answer the bell if uh, that the, the doorbell was rung, I guess. But what was he supposed will. to say, though? I mean, anything no, no, I else, he would have been painted as a coward and people would have been all over him. I mean, that was a no-win situation for him, I thought. Uh, agreed, but it, it is out of character for Mark to... I, I thought, I mean, us, we've asked him about the subject quite a few times, and based on him saying at the start of the season, that's in the past... He kind of opened the door back up. And again, like I said, I actually applaud him for doing so. It just was a little bit out of character for Mark because we know, I mean, Mark, by his own admission after the game, I'm not a fighter. I'm probably not going to be in another fight with a chance to celebrate. Uh, I personally think us, the, uh, the celebration is much ado about nothing. You know, I also have no problem with Josh Anderson being upset about it, but I think Josh Anderson's uh, level of anger has more to do with the fact that his team was in the Stanley Cup final last year and has basically uh, dr- dropped to doormat status. I mean, I don't think that he's, again, is he really that ticked off about a kind of almost, you would almost even call it Hussam mock celebration, right? Like that was more of a, Almost like a, well, a, 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 a salute to Logan Stanley, if you will. Well, I mean, listen, I, I agree, and that's the way a lot of people in Winnipeg saw it. Right. But outside of Winnipeg, nobody was seeing it Agreed, that way. Yeah. And, There's no context, right? There's no context. Well, for, for sure. And I mean, he didn't really, I mean, he was asked about it afterwards and didn't really say that that was the case. He right. sort of said, oh, this is my only chance to do it. I'm not sure that's his only chance to do it, because certainly <laughs> if you heard what Josh Henderson had to say, <laughs> Uh, they were quite happy. And uh, listen, I don't think he'll get the kid gloves treatment that he got for 58 minutes before a 5'9 dude that wasn't even on the team last year decided that um, he was going to be the one to step up to 55. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, so you have Mark saying he felt like it was over. Now, you always wonder how long the memories are. And I mean, I think sometimes we in the media make a little bit of more of a big deal of it than actually the retro. Again, I, I think the same thing about Toronto. Like, do you think like there's going to be 10 Maple Leafs challenging Neil Pionk at the end of this month when they have their first game? Since I think December there'll be 5th? more than Montreal was challenging Mark Shifley through 58 minutes. No, I'll say fair. that. And, and they don't really have a Wayne Simmons, right? I mean, but again, Neil Pionk's not expected to fight Wayne Simmons. Are you kidding me? That's not in you're not in that weight class. So <laughs> I agree. Right. I mean, come on. I mean, I understand if Wayne Simmons would want to tap him on the shoulder, but I mean, let's get real. I mean, that's not a fight that Neil Pionk is under any obligation Pionk to. Pionk should be tapping Spets on the shoulder. <laughs> well, there you go for the for the knee drop, right? So uh, I mean, I Huss, I mean, it, it helps raise the intensity levels around the games, but I don't think that Mark Scheifele becomes a marked man because he threw his hands up in the air briefly on his way off the ice after a wrestling match where basically one punch was thrown and or landed. But I I do like the, I mean, the villainous element is also interesting, Huss. I mean, I don't know. You know, we often like to drop some wrestling terms here, but I mean, in a lot of ways, don't you like Mark Scheifele is kind of on like borderline Hulk Hogan NWO heel situation right now don't you think like you spent your your whole career drinking your milk and eating your vitamins 
And now all of a sudden you put your hands up in the air and you've incited the masses of an entire fa- Again, I know that's only one small part of it. And the hit was really what got them kind of off the rails to begin with. But I mean, it, it is an interesting development, but I don't anticipate Mark leaning into the heel uh, persona, if you will. But I do think it has been an interesting turn. Uh, what comes of it, I don't think. Hey, Mark's got bigger issues to concern himself with. He needs to be a driver, as Dale Wee said, during this next stretch of games for the Jets to be in the race or stay in the race. Because what we saw the last two nights or the last two games were Pierre-Luc Dubois and Mark Shifley driving the bus. Yes, there were some nice complimentary contributions from Adam Lowry and Evgeny Svechnikov, but Dubois and Shifley and the big guns, like that's, that is, again, I wrote about this. This is what Kevin Sheveldayoff saw in the crystal ball when he made the trade. I mean, those two guys, when they're going at the same time, and then Adam Lowry's contributing the way that he can, man, I mean, Craig Button said it often this year. The Jets are deep through the middle, but for a good chunk of the season, basically only one-third of the picture was contributing offensively. Now suddenly, although it's a smaller sample, those three guys are all going at the same time. And Huss, I mean, when you t- we'll get to Ehlers right away, but it's so interesting. The Jets have gone from a thin team up front so now all of a sudden, if the third line is Cop, Lowry, and Ehlers, now you're looking up and down and saying, oh, not only is there balance here, but there's actually quite a bit of depth here, don't you think? Well, certainly more so than we've seen for the last Two couple months. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember when the last time Blake Wheeler and Nikolai Ehlers were in the lineup at the, at the same time. I mean, this probably would have gone back, you know, predating like back to the Vancouver game when Wheeler got hurt the first time. So right. um, certainly it's a better situation and God knows they need it right now. Um, hey, before we move on to Ehlers and the return, uh, I was hot yesterday at Bozo Tim Peel and his tweet. But um, I, saw, I, I liked your ang- I liked your angst level, Huss. I'm going to be yeah, honest. Well, uh, I mean, what did I, you I think about level. a former NHL ref? I mean, uh, listen, I've had some criticism for Shifley, uh, you know, over the course of the year, and I think it's warranted. Yeah. But for a ref, because of one incident, to say zero respect for Mark Shifley, and many people think that what he did to Jake Evans was brutal, but what was interesting was him saying that he has never had any respect for the officials either. I mean, uh, wow, how did you take Tim Peel's scud at 55? Yeah, it's certainly interesting, Hudson. So for me, what I'd like to know, I'd like to, I'd like to hear a few other retired or retiring officials weigh in. I mean... Uh, you know, if, if that's the reputation, I mean, we definitely see like Mark's not shy about voicing his opinion to the to the men in stripes. I think that is something that we've seen over the years. Uh, but it's impossible for us to know if the tone is disrespectful, which is what the suggestion from Tim Peel was. Uh, I mean, having zero respect for a player, that's a pretty bold statement for sure. Uh, but again, I, I'd like I'd like more information and context before uh, before firing any missiles myself. I mean, it's an emotional game, so uh, I don't I, I have no problem when people are reaching out to officials and expo- voicing their uh, displeasure. Uh, and I also the the thing the strange thing for me, Huss, was congratulating t- Chris Weidman for what for getting into a wrestling match that lasted twelve seconds. I mean. You really showed him by tackling him. I mean, that to me, that was the weird part. Uh, I mean, you know, Tim's transitioning to the media, so I, I got no problem with someone sharing a take, and he would have some firsthand knowledge, Huss. But, uh, I mean, if you're going to attack a person's character, uh, to me, I don't know that 280 characters is the best way to utilize that kind of um, 
power or mm -hmm. suggestion, if you will. But again, I mean, I'd love to hear a little bit more from Tim on the subject. I think personally, whether that's yeah, well, the guy loved being he, he loved being the center of attention back when he was refing, and that's exactly what you should not want refs to want to be. And right. uh, it sounds like he's pretty desperate for attention now in uh, forced retirement as well. We'll leave it. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, moving on to uh, this game tonight. I mean, this is it for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, they need this win. They need it in regulation. Um, you know, we talked about the challenges and the lack of opportunities against other teams in the playoff race right now, Ken. And, uh, you know, win tonight could get them to within five points of the teams that are on the bubble. Um, but, you know, just your thoughts on the return of Ehlers and um, the must-win nature of tonight's tilt. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, again, we, we we thought they were must-wins in the two previous games against Dallas, too, where they had a chance to pull within four points, but they got themselves into the old proverbial three-pointer, I mean, all three times this year. So, uh, I mean, the, 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 there is no excuse for not having desperation. Uh, we've heard a lot about urgency for the Winnipeg Jets. They've shown a little bit of it at times, but uh, they need to they need to play their best hockey right now. And if they don't play their best hockey over the next 10 days, um they're going to be finding themselves with a few new players coming into the locker room, I would have to say, Huss. Uh, I mean, we know that Pierre Lebrun uh, spoke with Kevin Chevaldeoff and he, he kept up the brave face and saying that, that they're, not, they're not necessarily putting their hands up to sell, but um, the players are going to have to show Kevin Chevaldeoff that they're in the race. And if, if, if they can do that over this next stretch, I think this is a, a season-defining stretch, Huss. I mean, it's easy to say that. But this is reality. I mean, they need to at least win two more out of the three, probably on the homestand. And then they probably got to get at least two out of three and maybe a bonus point on this road trip. And if they do that, I would say they're probably still in the race. But if they falter against a couple of these good teams, well, then they're going to be some tough decisions coming. And, you know, I've, I've talked about this with Sean, and you know this, Huss, I mean, unless the Jets are getting to the point where they're threatening to be or, or are above the playoff line, I still think for the long-term sustainability, they still have to consider moving Andrew Kopp and Paul Stastny. Now, unless they get on a crazy heater and they say, well, we haven't really had these three lines together. But again, do you, I don't see the Jets as being buyers. To me, it's either stand pat or sell. And, you know, you, you see what kind of happens. But to me, I don't see the Jets. Do you see the Jets considering moving a first-round pick if they're on the bubble? I personally <laughs> would not suggest that to be a uh, a good plan. But zero zero yeah. percent chance of that happening. Right. So, but at the same time, I mean, I I think if you're if you're Andrew Kopp and if you're Paul Stastny, you want to play your best hockey and you want to give your team the best chance to keep you in the fold. I mean, it, the Jets are familiar with the concept of the self rental. They used self-rentals on their longest playoff stretch, right, with both, with all of uh, Myers, Ben Sherratt, and Brandon Tanev. So you can understand why that happens. But, um, I mean, you got to think that big picture, Kevin Cheveldayoff and his lieutenants are going to be deciding over this next mm -hmm. two-week stretch which way they're going to go in terms of self-rental versus trying to retool on the fly and try to bring in some guys that can help them now and then potentially mm -hmm. replenish some of that draft capital that has been spent over the last couple of years. Well, exactly. Listen, good teams and contending teams don't trade their pending free agents at the trade deadline. No. But the Jets have a long ways to go before be, be able to consider themselves a good or a contending team right now. And, I mean, even if they go on this run over the next couple of weeks and make it a little more interesting, 
I don't know what they could possibly do before the 21st of March other than win every damn game <laughs> that would give the general manager the confidence that, you know, everything that we've been thinking has sort of done a complete 180 and it's time to go in another direction. No, exactly right. And I mean, that's not to say that, I mean, again, lots can change. And I mean, if, if Kevin Cheveldayoff has a conversation with Kurt Overhart and they get to a number that's comfortable by all means, then keep Andrew Kopp, but you don't roll the dice thinking that you can sign him later on unless you legitimately feel like you can win the Stanley Cup. And I understand that, you know, the LA Kings as an eight seed won the Stanley Cup, but that's the exception and not the rule, right? So uh, there's a lot of things on the plate and uh, I'm very curious to see. And also, Hus, we got it. What are the offers, right? I mean, you don't trade, you have to be getting important pieces back. You're not just trading those guys to say you got something back. There have to be assets that are going to help them in this perceived Wheeler window, right? For what we've been talking about the two years after this one with Shifley and Wheeler and Hellbuck all expiring at that same time. So, I mean, to me, I know we know that Florida is on the radar. We know Tampa's on the radar for Andrew Kopp. If, if they're talking about an Owen Tippett return or Matthew Joseph and a pick or some other prospect, I think Jack Finley, I think, was brought up in a recent article by, uh, you know, with Marat and Joe Smith. Uh, you know, that now you're talking about something a little bit more interesting, but you're not just trading these guys mm -hmm. for a pair of seconds or a third or a fourth round pick. Like, do you think you could even get a pair of seconds for Andrew Kopp? I mean, if, if you're looking at the Matt Zuccarello deal, I mean, that that's a recent example of that happening. So, I mean, I do think that a guy who can provide a, a, a championship caliber team with, with middle six minutes and also contribute to the first penalty kill and second power play, uh, I do think there are teams that are out there that would spend that kind of capital. But like I said, Hus, the, the two seconds, they're helping the Jets in the next window. They're not helping them in this window in all likelihood. So... To me, I, I don't think that the two seconds make a whole lot of sense. I mean, if that's the best deal they have, they have to consider it. But I think they need to be looking at players that can re retool with on the fly. And that's why, I mean, Owen Tippett is a great example. I mean, big, strong right winger, they don't have a lot of right shots. I mean, this is a guy that's a top 10 pick. We're not talking about a depth piece like Austin Pagansky, which who has you know stepped in and done the best he can. But he's a depth player, still trying to fight to be a regular. And even though Tippett, is, I think, has been in the minors a bit, like this is a guy with top ten pedigree, so uh, I'm again. But who who who's gonna who's making the spur? Who's making the panic buy, or who's making the offer that they think can put them over the top? Because Hus, I mean, the interesting part: so many of those teams in the Eastern Conference, they think they can win the cup, but some of those teams are going to be gone in the first round, right? Whether that's Toronto, Florida, Boston, Tampa. I mean, two of those teams conceivably are out after one round, so. Who's going to spend on a rental and what are the offers going to be? Because we know that a lot of GMs have not been as comfortable, except with the exception of like Julian Brisebois has been firing first round picks out the door at will, but he's also put up a couple banners. So you're feeling a lot better about those kind of choices when you can put up the banner and get the ring and earn the hardware. So, well, Hey, uh, let, let me just, what, what we're talking about cop here, because I believe it's Matthew Jansen and Jay Miller uh, say, Hey, you might get a first for cop. You could get a first. I, I don't think you can. Do you think that, you know, you could potentially get a first round pick for Andrew cop on an expiring deal? Uh, it depends on where Huss and what the um, impetus 
would be for the potential to sign that player. Uh, if, if it's a if it's a guaranteed no sign, uh, I think it might be tough. But depending on the situation in the team, um, I think the Boston Bruins were one of the teams mentioned in uh, that that uh, the Marats article there too. So if there's and here's the other part, uh, so we don't know about the future of Patrice Bergeron, and nobody's saying Andrew Kopp is Patrice Bergeron, but he certainly is from the same type of mold. So if there's concerns about not keeping Patrice Bergeron, a two-way center like Andrew Kopp, who could also play the wing, I mean, there would be some appeal there. I mean, we've talked to us a lot. I mean, we're not sure if he's getting there, but he's hoping for somewhere around Zach Hyman money, right? So if you're going between five and five and a half, I mean, Bergeron is a steal at six right now. So if you're Boston, I mean, of course you'd consider making the move because you're, you're hoping that the first round pick is somewhere between 25 and 32, right? So uh, is it a guarantee slam dunk? No, but it, there could be a team. If you haven't won in a while and you think that Andrew Kopp with the Jets retain half of the salary or you can find a third party to do so, I wouldn't say it's out of the question, but I mean, again, hmm. we understand that it would be, I'm not even going to say unlikely, but I mean, it, we don't know. All it takes is one, two teams bidding to get the price to that point. But even then, Huss, I mean, the first round pick's probably only helping you in the second year. It's the, that player's probably not helping you next year, which is when the Jets would need a player of that ilk uh, to be helping them. So it, it's super fascinating, and I'm totally curious to see which way, I, just in terms of how the Jets play, first and foremost, with what we look to be close to their full lineup, uh, you know, with all due respect to Cole Perfetti and Christian Reichel, uh, who are viewed more as depth pieces coming into the year, this is as close as they've had to their best best lineup. So uh, I know we always talk measuring sticks and all those type of things. It, it doesn't get back to your original question. Of course, the Jets need to beat Dallas cleanly. A, a single point moving up in the standings doesn't help them. They need two clean points here, and if they don't get it, I mean, I'm not saying they have to sell tomorrow, but it's awfully hard to catch Dallas if you keep allowing them to earn a, either a single point or two and build ground rather than not, you know, it's just a tough situation for them. So, but again, this is just one game out of, out of the tough, ta the tall tasks coming into this weekend. I mean, are the Jets going to get Shesterkin on on uh, Sunday night or, or might they get a, a, a bonus? You know, do, do the Rangers need that game on Sunday? I, I'm curious to see. You know, that's the start of a road trip for them, so they're probably playing their number one, but eventually the backup's got to play. I mean, it's interesting. And again, seeing the backup didn't help them against Colorado either, Huss, right? So hmm. it, it's going to be interesting to see how this stretch unfolds, and uh, Ehlers is such a huge addition for them. I mean, I think that we, we've talked about a lot, you and I. Like, he just does so many things that, you know, on the score sheet, yes, but even though Pierre-Luc Dubois has done an excellent job in terms of drawing penalties, like Nick Ehlers is one of the best at the league at it as well. And they, they haven't had that for a quarter of the season right now. Uh, his zone entry ability, right? His ability to spark the second power play. Yes, the second power play got on the board the other night, but Ehlers is such a dynamic force. He not only makes himself and the team better, he makes the people around him far more dangerous as well. And what we know about Ehlers is this, Huss. I mean, I know the cool bet line is not looking good right now, but Nikolai Ehlers is the kind of guy that can get on a heater. I mean, I wouldn't rule out 16 more, right? Does he need? That's what we need. That's what we need. We need 16 more in the 28 uh, remaining games. I would, I, I would, I would make sure you keep that ticket in a safe place. 
Because I would not be ready to be putting that in the recycling bin just yet. <laughs> hey, uh, Freezer, thanks for the super chat. I'll get to that in a second. Um, Kenny, just back to the potential of the of the uh, deadline. And listen, if the team's out of it, you know, Cop's going to be gone for whatever they can get. I, I would assume Paul Stastny as well. But to me, what's the most interesting is about the uh, the the contract situation on the blue line and the young players sure. that are seemingly ready for prime time. Of the five guys that are signed, the veterans will basically remove Stanley or Bolio, whoever is the the sixth defenseman. But of the five there, what do you think the chances are if the team is out of it that one of those players gets moved? And and if they do that, who's the most likely um, to be on it? Whether it's because of the return that they'll get or their contract makes them easier to uh, to move. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one because to me, I mean, most people are pointing to Brendan Dillon because of where his contract is and in terms of contract status, having, you know, I think it's three more years at the 3.9. Brendan Dillon would have appealed to every single team in the NHL because he brings that physical element and he can give you top four minutes. But it, the Jets are trying to get harder to play against, not easier. So if you're taking out one of the guys who's one of the hardest players to play against on the back end, what are you accomplishing by doing that, Huss, right? So uh, Dylan DeMello is such an interesting one because the Jets have been thin on the right side. But to me, Huss, I think that Dylan DeMello would be a consideration only because of this reason. If the Jets believe that Johnny Kovacevic can be a full-time player moving forward, and he's had a nice early glimpse at that, those two aren't that different in terms of what they do, right? They're both. Neither one is an offensive force, but they're also mobile puck movers. Kovacevic is probably a little bit more physical than DeMello. So to me, if you don't think the drop-off is that heavy and you might be able to make up some of the offense by having Billy Hanela in, DeMello would seem to be the guy to me that would have a lot of the, the broadest curb appeal. And he also has the cheapest contract out of those players you mentioned outside of Logan Stanley. So in the rankings, I mean, it depends on what a team is looking for. I mean, I could see a lot, those guys would have appealed to a lot of teams. And I, and I know the one other thing that just sort of, I have to say, from listening to Jeff Merrick and Elliot yes, yesterday on, uh, on Jeff's show, the Sabres are looking at a partner for Owen Power. The Sabres have money to spend. So I would say a guy like Nate Schmidt, I think the Jets also want to keep Nate Schmidt. Don't get me wrong. But if I'm playing the... If I'm trying to piece together the puzzle here, if I hear that the Buffalo Sabres, a team that has money to spend and is and has guys like Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power coming in, maybe a guy like Nate Schmidt, who has a ton of experience, is mobile, can play his offside. Like the Sabres' strength is on left shot D, not on right shot D. Could there be some appeal to have a Nate Schmidt go into Buffalo to play with a guy like Owen Power? Yes, but for the same reason, Huss, I think the Jets would love to have Nate Schmidt play beside Vili Hainala. So for the exact same reason, I think he would be appealing on that other market. I think it also makes sense for the Jets to keep him. And, and again, you just never know how, how easy it would be to move a $6 million contract. But to me, so much of the to discussion coming into this year was about Nate Schmidt, the culture carrier, and about what Brendan Dillon has done playing on winning teams in San Jose and Washington. I think the Jets would like to have both those guys be part of the um, solution, uh, not try to bring in pieces to sort of fill some of the other needs. But we also know that they got to make room for two, not just for one, right? So Dylan Sandberg is a big, strong guy. If the Jets think they can get something similar to what they're getting out of Dylan, 
they may consider it. But I don't know. It's a tough one, Huss, to be honest. And I think what complicates matters most for me is the fact that Neil Pionk has had a tough season for the majority of the season, and especially so after the concussion and the suspension. Uh, since December, Neil Pionk, yes, there have been moments where he's been good, but he hasn't been the best version of Neil Pionk, which he was the first two years with the Jets. So I'm not saying the Jets should trade Neil Pionk either, but what I'm saying is that if they can get Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey both going at the same time, all of a sudden I think that some of the things we thought how the defense was going from a, a weakness to a strength, I think they can still happen. It's just a matter of maybe sticking with it for a little bit longer this year, but then that means moving one of the other three guys you talked about out of the gate. So um, a long way on the fortune teller to say I have absolutely no clue which one would be on the way out, but I, I agree with you. I think they're going to need to, I think they can make room for one of them now and they'll consider having the second one in, at least in terms of the competition with Stanley by next fall. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Weaver, I know you uh, and uh, Rennie will be uh, getting it after it tonight, and then, of course, after the game on Sunday as well. And uh, you guys ever going to do a Thursday show again or, or what? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, sorry, just with the uh, uncertainty of the uh, sale there, Huss, uh, I was unable to commit to yesterday, but uh, we, we were supposed to have Sheldon Kennedy coming on the show. Long form is back next Thursday, and the plan is to have the long form uh, rolling throughout the remainder of the season. So uh, I do expect, I, I do ad- appreciate the needling and encouragement, and we should be back on. I, I'll do my best to not let our people down uh, for the remainder of this year. Yeah, well, there's some wake-ups in the chat going, wake up, let's get let's get this going again. Hey, I'll look forward to the show tonight, always entertaining. Say what's up to Ren for us, and uh, enjoy your uh, enjoy your time far away from the Arctic city of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Have a tremendous weekend, Huss. Always great to be with you, my man. Have Thanks. a great weekend. There's our guy, Kenny Weeb. You can follow him on Twitter, at Weeb's World. Check out his work covering the Jets uh, at sportsnet.ca. And uh, great news, Kenny will be on the road, so we'll look forward to catching him uh, up with him as the uh, Jets head out east after finishing up this road trip. Um, hey, Briar gets going tonight. Uh, hit a bunch of things, and we'll talk about this on the Cool Bet lines at the end. We do have a boosted parlay with uh, Chris and Dusty from the Lock Shop earlier today. Check that out. But uh, all eyes on Lethbridge. Briar getting going, of course. Princess Auto sponsored Team Manitoba. Mike McEwen and the boys going at it tomorrow in their first game. Of course, all the games are over on TSN, and uh, if you do want to put a sprinkle on it, you can do that over at CoolBet. But the entire Princess Auto team supporting the Buffalo boys. Hopefully they can have a great run uh, all the way to the playoffs next weekend. Of course, Princess Auto is a a proud sponsor of Curling, Jen Jones' team, and of course, Team Mike McEwen, and the place where you will find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them at one of two locations here in Winnipeg, or you can shop 24-7, 365 online at princessauto.com. Well, the weekend is here, and uh, great time to hoist a few little brown jugs. I will admit, I maybe got into the weekend a little early last night, enjoyed a few 1919s at the local down the street. Um, certainly enjoyed that. Nothing makes the weekend uh, taste a little better than the uh, taste a little brown jug. You can get it at the uh, brewery and tap room down on William Avenue. And of course, you can also order online. They deliver citywide on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. So uh, feel free to get that order in and get it delivered to you tomorrow from our friends at Little Brown Jug. And you can do that at littlebrownjug.ca. Uh, before or after the game downtown, Boston Pizza City Place is the place to be. And if you're not going to the game, 
what better place to gather with some friends and watch the big game on big screens with big sound, all while enjoying gourmet pizzas, Boston's wings, and ice-cold schooners, and so much more. Pop down to your local BP tonight and this weekend to take in all the action, or if you're staying home, you can check out their game day deals and order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, great stuff from uh, from Kenny. And hey, a shout out to Ryan Fries. And way to go, Wheeler. You answered Hammer's question, uh, out of line questions. I'm not sure that that was the case with dignity and grace. Next time, bury the clown. How, what a scot at our pal Jeff Hamilton. I disagree, but you did do a nice super chat, so we'll read it. LOL. I think he was joking about it. Jets 4 1 tonight, Ken. We we're making the playoffs this year and then dropped a Debbie Downer on Ken. Definitely support that one, Ryan. No, that was a great segment with Ken. And uh, we do appreciate the super chat from uh, one of our most loyal listeners. And uh, yes, we do have an update. We do have an update on the second bet, Huss versus Friesen 2. We've doubled our bet. Well, it's the same bet, but um, I've got Calgary winning a playoff series. Freezer says they, they are out in the first round. And uh, hey, Remo, just before... We uh, we go in. Oh, Joel Pank Joel Pankratz, Dallas wins tonight. Well, I hope you're wrong, Joel, but uh, we certainly do appreciate you popping in on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We certainly appreciate the super chat. Hit that red subscribe button and uh, don't be a stranger. All right, uh, we will get to the cool bet lines for tonight in the National Hockey League. This big Jets Dallas game a little bit later on, uh, but right now let's welcome in the most interesting man in sports media, Lee. Hacksaw Hamilton from a, a much warmer spot than Winnipeg down in Southern California. What up, Hacksaw? How are you? Nice to hear from you. Uh, Andrew, can you hear me? I certainly can. I certainly can. Okay. Sounding good, looking good, and uh, lots to get to. Listen, I, God, we've been so loath to talk about these bozos running Major League Baseball, but we'll get to that in a minute. Let's start off with the National Football League, though. No dull time in the NFL offseason right now. Combine going on right now. Lee, what, uh, what scuttlebutt are you hearing coming out of Indy? Uh, I think the biggest storyline in the NFL is this is going to be the most different draft that we've seen in a decade, if not longer. Uh, there's only one quarterback that's probably going to be in the first round, and he is not a lock to be a star. Talking about Kenny Pickett, who had one really good year at the University of Pittsburgh, Andrew. Uh, this is a defensive draft. In fact, the projections are now of the top 15 picks in the first round. As many as 12 of the 15 are going to be on the defensive side of the football. And we have never, ever seen that. It is a deep draft led by Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. It's, it's a loaded defensive draft led by uh, Kevon Thibodeau, uh, the defensive end from uh, Oregon Ducks, a tremendous host of interior offensive linemen. Georgia's entire defense could get drafted in the first round. I mean, this is really amazing. Might not be a running back taken to the back end of the first round. It is a good year for wide receivers led by USC's Drake London, but he does not project to be a top 10 or maybe even a top 15 pick. This is just an extraordinary draft as it relates to those guys that play up front, offense, defense, edge rushers, linebackers, and guys who can cover. And everybody needs defense in the NFL. So they just started yesterday with the quarterback workouts. Today, the wide receivers ran. They had a kid uh, run a 4 uh, The two uh, wide receivers from Ohio State ran four threes. Very impressive. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the offensive linemen, defensive linemen will be tomorrow. Uh, and, and then, obviously, on Sunday, everybody in the secondary will run. 
and will work out. You very, very unique draft board for certain. Yeah, not a great time to be a quarterback needy team. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the Chiefs back when um, you know they had that miserable season and got the first overall pick, and there's no quarterbacks to pick, and they ended up taking Eric Fisher first overall. I mean, uh, it's somewhat similar to that, but the playmakers are on the defensive side. But speaking of quarterbacks, Lee, um, so much speculation about a number of quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the drama around Rodgers just continues. He's making it wait. And then you had that bizarre post from Kyler Murray and his agent um, sort of putting the squeeze on Arizona. Um, Just a quick thought on uh, some of the big quarterback stories around the National Football League right now. Well, I think item number one is what does Aaron Rodgers do? He's got one year left on his contract. He negotiated an early out if he wished to take it. He has not yet indicated whether or not he is going to demand to be traded and not play the final year in Green Bay and go somewhere else. Although I don't know at this point who's going to give up a ton for Aaron Rodgers on a one-year rental or a five-year extension, maybe you would. Also, why would Rodgers leave? I mean, they've had a couple of really, three really good years uh, with Matt LaFleur as, as the coach, and they've given Aaron Rodgers a lot more input into decisions, whether it's decisions on who they hire, on the coaching staff or whether it's got to be decisions with what they're doing with the roster. Uh, so that's, that's item number one. Item number two is Deshaun Watson. Lovey Smith in Houston announced at the combine yesterday that he will be moved in a timely fashion. Timely fashion means between now and the draft in April, you know, they have not resolved anything. He could still be facing an NFL suspension. There's still 22 lawsuits that are out there that have not been settled out of court. Uh, the, the, the problem is his contract, he got paid $10 million this season, Andrew, not to play in Houston. He was on the active roster, but he did not practice to not play. His contract jumps to $35 million starting in March. So the question is, who's going to take on a $35 million contract if you don't know whether or not he can be part of your team? And what price are you going to pay to get him out of Houston? I think Houston's price now has to come down. Uh, Miami was a runner for him. They're out. Uh, they're committing all their resources to fast forward the development of Tua Tagaloa. Um, Washington needs a quarterback. Uh, I, I went through a list last night, and actually I wrote a column this morning on my website, leehacksawhamilton.com. There are at least 11 NFL teams that have a quarterback quandary. They have to figure out how they're going to get better at the position they need to be better at around the National Football League. So I think the Aaron Rodgers decision is going to come maybe within a week, and I think he's probably going to stay. Why would he leave? He's got everything around him. And if he stays, that means a franchise tag Devontae Adams, who's the marquee free agent on uh, on the open market, effective on March 14th. So there's an awful lot of storylines out there. You got Atlanta shopping quarterback Matt Ryan. Kyler Murray writes the manifesto about the organization in Arizona. <laughs> uh, they've indicated today in Arizona they are not going to do a contract extension with him yet. He's still got years left on his contract. The one thing that did surprise me was 24 hours ago, a hustler. Arizona extended both the general manager and the head coach uh, through 2027. And, you know, Arizona the last two years has been horrid in the second half of the season. In fact, Cliff Kingsbury as a coach at, at where he was in college and then where he's been in the NFL, his end of season records over the last five to seven years, just terrible. So there's something not right with the way Kingsbury runs his football program. But Kyler Murray, despite writing this manifesto, is going to wind up staying there. Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. Hot rumor, Teddy Bridgewater. Denver's going to be a free agent. 
Washington needs a quarterback. They have interest in Bridgewater. Carolina may need a quarterback. They're trying to move on from Sam Darnold. He's got one year left. They're trying to trade him. So there are so many things in motion at the combine, in addition to evaluating all these defensive stars in the collegiate ranks. A lot of these GMs, I think, are laying the groundwork for trades, and they're going to have to be some deals because there are some quarterbacks that probably going to be moved in the final year of the contract. So a lot of uncertainty in the NFL offseason, busy season for a lot of these guys. Yeah, just quickly before we move on on the Zona, um, yeah, I was surprised that the GM and uh, Cliff Kingsbury both got extended considering the way the uh, seasons have sort of ended. But, I mean, they have improved every year. They were sort of starting at the bottom. But I do wonder what this means for Kyler Murray. I mean, he was the guy that Cliff Kingsbury wanted. They had picked a quarterback in the first round the year before. They picked him number one overall. But I couldn't help but think, Lee, that that, you know, the manifesto, as you referred to it, from Eric Burkhart and Kyler Murray was a squeeze to the organization. What's unique about Kyler Murray is that he, of course, was a first rounder in in baseball as well. And if these bozos in baseball ever figure out how when they're going to be playing again, that does seem like that is always a tool that Kyler Murray's agent might be able to threaten his current team that uh, he might move. Uh, any truth to that? Are you a tool? Come on. <laughs> the guy's going to give up an NFL career of $25 million a year to ride a bus in double-A baseball in Dubuque, Iowa? No, that, he's got no leverage there. But I will say this in defense of him. That's a pretty good young quarterback, that, as you allude to correctly, Andrew, uh, that they've kind of built around. And it was a wretched franchise for a chunk of time there. And he was playing really well till he got hurt. He hurt his ankle, and he came back. I think he came back too early. They did fade at the end of the season because I don't think he was 105% healthy. But now he's he's not given up a football career to go play in the, in the Midwest League in Double A baseball. But uh, they they've, they've got to refine him. They got to work more on him. Uh, and obviously, they got to continue to build players around him. But I do think that's that's the public statement they're making. And I think it's a statement they're making by giving uh, Kingsbury this contract extension. I was really surprised. With that aspect, uh, after the way they finished the season and horrid losses at the end of the year and Mike Bidwell's very critical comments as team president coming out at the end of the season and Kime's been under fire as general manager. But those guys, are they are locked together now uh, through 2027. Lee Hamilton with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure you check out the website at LeeHacksawHamilton.com. Right, Remus and I have banned all conversation in Major League Baseball, but we will lift that temporarily for this. I mean, listen, Lee, you've been uh, followed this sport and covered it for decades. You've seen your fair share of labor strikes, uh, labor strife and stoppages. I haven't seen it for a number of years, and yet here we are again. What do you make of this situation, and how damaging could this be to Major League Baseball? Tell you what, I, I wish I had brought it upstairs to my office with me. There was a cartoon on the editorial page at the San Diego Union Tribune, and all it said was the letters G-R-E-E-D, and it used the font of the major league teams that have G, like Cleveland Guardians, R, uh, E-E, the Old English D for Detroit. That was the only thing that was in the cartoon. And it was really funny to look at today. Uh, uh, I think this is this is horrid. This is all about greed. This is all about union busting. This is all about the the union asking for mega amounts of money in any which way they can get it. 
And at the end of the day, the rage in our baseball communities here in San Diego, up in Los Angeles with the Angels and Dodgers and across baseball is that these owners have, are screwed this game up so badly. I was terribly offended when Rob Manfred stood at the podium to start that press conference on the day they, they canceled the games. And he was laughing and he was joking with the media before they started. You have to be kidding me. Uh, there's too much money here to screw this season up longer. I mean, it's a $10.7 billion pie. They've resurrected baseball from where it was from far back as 1994, and they've made it nearly an $11 billion industry. Find a middle ground. And I'll, I may get players to be screaming at me. I think I'm kind of a proponent of a salary cap as long as it's tied to a floor to spending and the proviso that every year the revenue goes up in baseball, and it is, just like the NFL, the NBA, NHL, every year the revenue goes up, whatever that percentage is, that's the percentage the cap goes up. So the cap continues to rise. Everybody in the NFL is making enormous amounts of money, and there is labor peace. Baseball's got to do this. they got to save the game because not only have they got this issue, they still got the, the stain of steroids. they got the pace of play controversy. they got the stadium messes in t Tampa Bay and Oakland and the vacancy up in Montreal where if they had a stadium, I think they should get a franchise. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that baseball's got to solve. And this, these two sides sitting there throwing missiles, nuclear bombs at each other, they're just wrecking the heritage of the game. It's, to me, it's traumatic because baseball is our game like hockey is your game. And obviously we saw the horrors and the pain of the NHL when Bettman shut the whole thing down for a whole calendar year, but that brought us labor peace. I, I think they'll get it done. They have to get it done. There's too much money to be lost on both sides and the heritage of baseball and the support of the fans. If they don't get this thing done, now you can lock the vault and you don't have to talk baseball again until next week with me. Hey, just quickly. I mean, why do the owners seem to be so fine with missing a big chunk of the season and how much of this season do you think that we're not going to see? I was told that the owners do not have to kick back any money to the TV networks until May 1st. If they lose a month of baseball, approximately 35 games, if they lost a 36th game, then they're going to have to repay the networks for these missed games. I mean, that, that's a terrible story that's out there in the street because the union looks at that and says, well, they're going to try to bust us and they're going to shake us down and we're going to lose a month of salaries. They just have to find a, a common ground. You know the word that's missing in this debate? is the word partnership. And that's what the sport should be. You grow the sport, you make it a great sport, you have the playoffs, you do all this creative stuff for the fans. It's a partnership. So if the NFL can grow their pie, look how big that pie is now and how successful they are and share it with the players. Why can't baseball? And why has this happened? I mean, part of me says there's still some hardline hawks out there that are trying to get even with the union because of the Marvin Miller era. And the flip side of that is the players know that they have really been stymied in attempts to make big money, the mistreatment of young players, the service time thing. I mean, this whole thing's like a chain link fence. Everything is linked together financially. Solve the bloody deal so we can have the umpire stand at home plate in St. Louis and Cleveland and Chicago and Boston and here and yell play ball. Great stuff. Um, Lee Haxa Hamilton with us. Lee, um, in the midst of all of this, talking about what's happening on the field, um, you know, we're in a, a terrible point in world history right now with what's happening with Russia invading Ukraine. Um, and there has been some incredible massive effects to the sports world because of uh, Vlad, Vlad Putin's doing. Um, 
I know you've been following this very closely and watching, you know, the effects of, you know, from league to league and sport to sport. Um, you know, first and foremost, we're thinking about the Ukrainian people and what they're going through right now. But um, what have you made about the uh, the uh, way that so many sports organizations, even the most corrupt in the world, like the IOC and FIFA, um, lashing out at uh, the Russian regime? Well, it's a hard time that we're living through. And for the first time in society, we're seeing it on live TV. And it's just it's stunning. And, uh, you know, I have to turn away from it. It's so destructive. And I feel I feel so awful for everybody that's in Ukraine and everybody whose families are impacted. I feel, I feel bad for the NHL players specifically because there are a wide variety of Russian players who either can't speak out against uh, what's going on. And I happen to think what's going on is genocide who can't speak out of it because they have families back there. And we have Ukrainian players that we feel terribly sorry for. Um, in terms of the reaction, our, our globe has come together. I mean, the, the countries, the free countries of our world have linked arms together. Now, they can only do so much from an economic standpoint. We can't, can't start a nuclear war to go put a couple rockets and missiles into Red Square and end Putin. Uh, they've done about as much as they can humanly do. And it's, I, I think we're all realistically know that something's going to happen within a week, probably in terms of the collapse of Ukraine and, and all those citizens and what happens to that dynamic president. I, I've been pretty impressed with what sports has done, you know, from expelling him from the World Cup uh, to taking him out of the Davis Cup to take him out of the World Hockey Championships, uh, the fallout in ice skating and skiing and all the winter sports, which are really important for the people of Russia. Uh, but I feel bad for the players because I, I would think, and I, I listened to as a Dan Milstead, the Ukrainian agent who represents a lot of Euro players. I listened to him yesterday talk about the fact that these players are being harassed and their families are being harassed in Canada and in the U.S. And it's really sad. And look at Ovechkin, who's been a very public backer of Putin, but now has spoken out against Putin. I wish there was a solution. There is no solution unless somebody goes in and puts an end to Putin, and I don't, I don't think that can happen from a global standpoint. But uh, sports, sports has rallied just like industry has rallied, just like all the NATO countries have rallied. I just, I just have such a heavy heart. I wrote about it earlier this week in one of my one man's opinion columns. Heavy heart, just about the whole scenario of what's happened there. But uh, I, my heart says we have to stop them. I don't know how we stop them. Lee, thanks so much for the time. Uh, what do you have cooking at LeeHacksawHamilton.com uh, for the weekend? Uh, just uh, We cover everything from, from NFL, which is really important here, to NBA, to Major League Baseball's work stoppage. A lot of news and notes in hockey. I do an awful lot about uh, European English Premier League soccer, et cetera, et cetera. So if you like sports, uh, we post it late at night. Every night it's there the next morning for you. It's LeeHacksawHamilton.com. Check it. You'll go back. Uh, you'll be as informed as anybody in Winnipeg and maybe more informed than the host who's wearing a bad lid, Kansas City Chief Colors. <laughs> I wore that just for you today, Lee. Thanks for doing this. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up soon. Always my pleasure, Andrew. Have a great sports weekend. Thanks, guys. Got it. There he is, the man himself, LeeHacksawHamilton.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Hacksaw1090. All right, Friday afternoon, you know what that means. We are just about ready to uh, rock with the marbles. Uh, before I do that, I want to thank the Nick and Nikki DQ group for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily from day one. Uh, of course, uh, four locations in Winnipeg and southern Manitoba, the DQ in Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. 
amazing new burgers right now at DQ. Try them this weekend if you haven't already. And while you're popping by, might I suggest the new Red Velvet Cheesecake Blizzard. Uh, getting rave reviews right now. And uh, that, of course, available at all four Nick and Nicky DQs. And for you folks in St. Patel, you're staying home. You can also order on Uber Eats and skip the dishes. Big thanks to Nick and Nikki for their support. And, of course, our friends over at Canadian Club. The weekend is here. If you're uh, sipping some whiskey this weekend, you'll want to make sure it's the best. Canada's favorite since 1848, Canadian Club. You can pop by, grab the CC Original, the CC 100% Rye, the CC 12-Year Reserve at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And it won't be long before we're back at IG Field cheering on the back-to-back -back Grey Cup champion Blue Bombers and enjoying a CC there as well as Canadian Club is the official spirit and whiskey of the Grey Cup champs. Now, our friends at CC have teamed up with Winnipeg Sports Talk for some great prizes for the marble race. We just got them in. We will have a hoodie for the winner, a Winnipeg Sports Talk CC co-branded hoodie. Looking forward to that. Let's get Michael Remus back in here. I do want to get to the cool bet lines, uh, but maybe what we should do, Remo, is uh, open up the registration for marbles, and then we can get to what's happening tonight in the National Hockey League, some of the uh, Briar picks as well, and then finish off another great week here on WST by uh, letting the marbles drop. It's open. Sorry, I'm trying to have trouble hitting the button here open i see brian friesen is the first one in so what's up brian that's uh, to go brian brian yeah. friesen <laughs> there so, we go so yeah hit it exclamation marbles just once don't spam the chat please and if you are in um i guess take the time hit the thumbs up button how many do we have so far like 150 so hit the th and subscribe to the channel we're closing in on 6,500. So Yeah, we're, if we're... you are new here and uh, haven't been here on Friday, this is sort of the way we finish up the week every week. Uh, what you're going to want to do is put in exclamation mark marbles. You'll get a marble in the marble race, and you will be eligible to, uh, to win. First place comes through, gets the hoodie, um, but you do have to be subscribed to win, so make sure you hit that red subscribe button. Very easy, absolutely no cost, and while you're at it, hit that thumbs up as well. So, Registrations open for marbles. Let's get to the cool bet lines for tonight in the National Hockey League. And we'll also touch on the Briar. Uh, of course, huge game tonight between the Winnipeg Jets and the Dallas Stars. We've seen a bit of line movement, actually. This game, when I did the lock shop earlier today with Dustin Nielsen, had the Jets as a very, very slight favorite, basically a pick -em. Jets were minus 110. Dallas was minus 106. Well, in the last couple hours, there has been a movement. I guess part of that is the uncertainty about Heiskanen and Tyler Sagan's ability to play and maybe tied into Braden Holtby getting the start as well. The Winnipeg Jets now are a minus 125 favorite in this game. And the Dallas Stars are plus 106. If you think Nikolai Ehlers is going to make a uh, triumphant return to the lineup, um, We'll see here. Ooh, not listed on the will or will not score list. So I think they're maybe a little bit slow on the uptake, knowing that Ehlers is back in the lineup. Uh, but you can bet player goals, points, make a bet builder and more all over a cool bet. Other games tonight in the NHL, Wild, a minus 208 favorite against the Buffalo Sabres. 
Hurricanes, a minus 132 favorite at home against the Penguins. Big win for the Pens last night in Tampa. I think it'll probably be tough to go back-to-back. I do like Carolina there. And I also like Columbus as a home underdog taking on the Los Angeles Kings. Patrick Liney and the Blue Jacks have been playing some good hockey lately, and the Kings struggling a little bit in their last couple of games. So uh, I like Columbus at plus 118. Kings are minus 139. Uh, Rangers minus 156 favorites against the New Jersey Devils. We'll see the Rangers here in Winnipeg on Sunday night. And the uh, Lightning, probably in a foul mood after getting pumped 5-1 by the Pens last night, are back at it, hosting Steve Iserman's Detroit Red Wings. One other game in the league tonight, and that's the Anaheim Ducks hosting the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas hasn't been very good lately. They need wins. They're right on the playoff bubble line right now. Vegas minus 120 and Anaheim a plus 103. Now we get over to the Briar. You still have a few hours before 7:30 tonight to get in your pre-tournament Briar bets. And of course, they do have the full slate of action in tonight's draw as well as tomorrow's up. Tomorrow, by the way, Mike McEwen and Team Manitoba kick things off against British Columbia. They're a big favorite, minus 667 and minus three on the rock line playing plus 110. Um, and we've also got the gunner, Jason Gunlickson, another Manitoba team, in as the third wild card taken on Brad Jacobs. They're a big, big underdog in that one, plus 330 for Jason Gunlickson's. But uh, Briar Futures are out right now. Quick update on that. Brad Jacobs, who I'm on, was plus 330 last week. It's now dropped to plus 275. And we've seen some action on Kevin Cooey as well. That was plus 440 yesterday. Now at plus 395. Manitoba teams. Um, oh, geez. You know, yesterday was plus 1350 for Manitoba. Now it's plus 1215. And Maddie Dunstone is at eight to one as wild card number two. The Jason Gunlickson rank, if you think they might have a Cinderella run on, on their hands, 43 to one to win the event. You can bet to qualify pool play, top three, and more. And I do like Alberta to win group A at plus 120 and Northern Ontario to win group B at plus 150 um, get on cool bet all weekend long for the latest at the briar and again if you've never bet a cool bet before use the promo code wst it'll give you a 100 percent bonus on your first deposit up to 200 dollars. and of course check out the lock shop today justin and i got into it just before we started winnipeg sports talk you can check my twitter feed if you want to watch the video or wherever you get your favorite podcast like winnipeg sports talk type in the lock shop and give us a sub all right remo we've got the uh, we've taken care of business and now uh, it's just about time to uh, to do some marbles. Like you saw, the Pionky Tonk Man is in right on. Chris Thiessen's here. Last call for marbles, everybody. And um, Remo, you can close that whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll get ready to drop them. Sure. Before we do, I just want to give a mention. We do have another giveaway as well. If anyone wants to go to the Winnipeg Ice Game on Tuesday, check out our website. Uh, here it is. I'll bring it right up. WinnipegSportsTalk.com. And uh, click on contest or winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest. I got four tickets. Enter with your email. You can do a couple other things to get some additional entries. And there it is. So if you want to get in on some ice tickets, I mean, that link we'll have after Monday. We'll have tickets for the next game. So we'll leave tickets there, uh, I guess, the next month for sure. So uh, keep checking it out. Appreciate everyone who's in. And 
then we will get on with the marble. That's why everyone's here. No one cares about you know, everyone's here for the marbles. No they do can, like yeah. winning though, and certainly people want those ice tickets. We've got a bunch of tickets to give away, and we'll do some moose tickets as well coming up next week. Don't forget, by the way, moose tomorrow, 2 p.m. game against Rockford. Big 7-2 win yesterday, and that is the game um, celebrating autism awareness. So it uh, might be a great thing for you and the family to do tomorrow. And congratulations to Corey, who won tickets to the game earlier this week when Jeff uh, Jeff Malott joined us on the program. All right, Remo, let's get, the, uh, let's get the names in. Let's make sure to put Hustler and Remus in. I think we should also put in Hacksaw. I think we should put in Kenny... Dale Weiss, and uh, sure. and I think we did promise Jeff Malott a marble as well. So uh, if any of those marbles win, we'll give it to second place, but it would be a legendary victor, victory oh. for one of our guests yeah. or either one of us who has uh, never even got into the uh, into the top three. So me, you, Hacksaw, Jeff Malott, Kenny, and Dale. Yeah, and Dale Weiss. Dale Weiss. For the record, Dale Weiss spells it W-E-I-S. I had to... I had to double check myself, but there you go. Okay, perfect. Um, all right, so I think we've got everything. Now, last week we did, what was it, the Love is in the Air track, which was, uh, which was a wild one. Have you, uh, have you selected a track for today's Marvel festivities yet? I haven't selected because I had to do an update, actually, while we were talking. And thankfully, I've got fast internet here, so I was able to do it very quickly and didn't affect the stream. Um, let me let me just save this thing. Talking and multitasking. What's the date? I gotta always save it the list as a file name marbles. What's the date? Although I gotta move all them out. Sorry. No one The March fourth marbles oh. festivities here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Dan Jets fan says, how about uh Tim Peel? Says Dan <laughs> And uh, Tim Peel's done. He's out. Gene Rick He's banned, said, in fact. Gene Rick says it's mm. Fedge Malott. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. F-F-E-J. Make I, sure you get the, screwed, uh, the proper spelling. I screwed it up. I, I put it in as Jeff, but it is Fedge. That is correct. <laughs> so here, let me fire up this marble game. We're ready to go. We are all just about ready to go. We'll get it in there, folks. And uh, the uh, <laughs> Ryan Friesen's clogged toilet have a marble. LOL. Just people, people are having some. Uh, people are having some fun today in the uh, in the chat. It's been a great week. And next week, huge week for us as well. The first anniversary of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hard to believe it has been just about a year. We're uh, more than two hundred and fifty episodes into the venture. And uh, March 8th, I think we'll probably do some fun stuff for anniversary, maybe some special giveaways. Next week's Marble Race will be a banger. Um, but we'll probably try and get some special guests as well. But um, hard to believe how great the first year has gone. And I uh, can't thank everyone here enough for all of their support. And of course, our wonderful sponsors that have made this happen as well. Um, so, Remo, you know what we have to do before we get going. There is a certain musical accompaniment uh, from one Tristan Rivers that we will need to play before the marbles drop and the good times commence. Oh yeah, I got that ready to go actually. So sorry, I'm doing, I had to do this update. It screwed up my whole, my whole process here with getting this all, uh, all loaded up. So I'm doing a lot behind the scenes. I did see a comment from Frosty Hus, who was like, wanted to see, wanted to give a tour of uh, my home studio, how we do 
everything. I didn't know if that was something people wanted to see or or what, but I guess that is. We'll do a, a behind the scenes video of WST at some point for sure. Yeah. Well, and we well, also do, I have not cracked those packs yet. I still have oh, the really? upper deck boxes. Uh, although I did go in uh, and I know shout out to the Earl of Eli, Dan Milburn, who's I believe in here. Dan was nice enough to uh, grab one of the spots in the break last night of the upper deck series one that Dusty did. The crack pack's on fire right now. That break closed or filled in about 45 seconds yesterday. So a special thanks to a Dan. What did he you had get? Tampa. He had Tampa and Winnipeg. I had the Islanders. And I actually got a uh, the clear-cut Foundations Islanders card yesterday, Reem. Is that good? The, uh, yeah, one per case. Um, and uh, it was Bat Matt Barzell and Varlamov. A pretty cool card, so I look forward to getting that. And uh, the Sorokin Canvas card is a wild one as well. That's, uh, that's on the way from Crack Pack HQ in Edmonton. And uh, stay tuned. Maybe we'll do one of those at some point very soon. But uh, yeah, if you can get your hands on those upper deck cards, they are hot, hot, hot right yeah. now. Lower production. Uh, every car, every shop in the city uh i heard only got half of what they ordered so that is uh supply continues to be an issue when it comes to uh all those cards trevor zegers and cole caulfield are the big rookies that uh, everyone's trying to get their hands on yeah one other thing too before we do is i want to mention now uh, we're putting out daily videos on tiktok and instagram links to that in our description we're big on tiktok us one of your one of videos of you got is up to twenty thousand views so you're a TikTok star. <laughs> uh, incredible. So Who knew? I, Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? I do see people in chat. Blue Thunder says uh, he went to Manitoba Battery two days ago, and uh, they know their stuff. And I saw BA Splitzing picked up a case of Little Brown Jug uh, because they sponsor us. So beautiful. Pre appreciate everyone supporting all the, uh, you know, all the sponsors. That's yeah, incredible. You know what that and I you know I had a meeting last night about something you know in the future for Winnipeg Sports Talk and that was the one of the things that I've said. I mean we've never had happier sponsors to be honest and the big reason for that is the incredible support of those of you that watch this program supporting the people that make this happen. So a sincere thank you to them but also to all of you for supporting them and letting them know that um you know uh they're supporting winnipeg sports talk makes uh, uh you know makes a big difference and of course uh has helped them get some more business as well and yeah listen just you know to the comment about manitoba manitoba battery um donnie and the gang there are amazing their staff down there is so much fun every time i pop in there to say what's up see how the guys the fellas are doing the guy and the girls um it, it's a blast and you know if you know it's a small local business uh, perfect, a perfect partner of ours here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And um, I know Edmonds is a big Manitoba battery guy. Of course, Paul's always in the boat fishing and whatnot. He said he spends quite a bit of time going to see Donnie and the gang down there. And heck, it's the weekend. I mean, you can't go wrong with a few little brown jugs. I'll tell you that much. Even on Thursday, like I did last night. Um, all right, Remo, I think it's time for, uh, for some marbles. Uh, you let me know when we're ready to go. We'll play the song and then we will drop them. All right, we're good. All right, it's just 
<laughs> Mike Cochran. When is Huss putting out his small waist pretty face with the Big Bank video? Uh, if you know, you know. <laughs> that's a good one, Mike. Like, uh, a that's a very, very popular video of, of, of um, people on, uh, on TikTok and on the IG stories as well. But enough about big banks and uh, TikTok and Instagram. It's the moment you've all been waiting for all week. Another Winnipeg Sports Talk Marbles race. Once again, we've got a hoodie for our first place win our finisher, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Club. Great addition to the weekend for sure. Uh, Remo, how many, uh, how many marbles we have in today? We had 155. We added in six for a total of 161. And I'm having trouble deciding which one to do. Um, we did Love is in the Air. What's uh, the Space Station one? Seems pretty lengthy. Uh, what's the Marble Mill? Or how about Mountain Ooh. Mountain Mingle? Sure, let's do it. That sounds uh, like a good one. It sounds like a good one. Mountain Mingle. I'm in for that. So I'll put it in 161. We have our names loaded up good to go yeah yeah we're golden marbles on stream what an amazing technological innovation from our cto oh we've got some new improved tracks as well the paperclip oh. delta whoa here we go all right folks this is the way we finish up the weekend every new marble players welcome make sure you well make sure you're with us daily make sure you've hit the red subscribe button so you're eligible to win and uh make sure you join us each and every friday around the end of the show for a little fun to uh, finish off the week uh remo if you are ready to go let's drop the marbles and uh, see who is going to be on top of the mountain this sure. afternoon on wst sure before i hit go i want to give an apology to nicole J, who says uh, the marble race theme song woke up her entire office it's uh, <laughs> the levels i got to do some work on that one i've had that complaint before so my apologies to everyone in nicole's office all right let's now, get now the nicole's entire office is crowded around her uh, her computer watching the thrilling Winnipeg Sports Talk Marble Race. Shout out to everyone in the office. All right, let's do this. They are down. Going. They always seem to start this way, Huss, going into the Plinko, one on each side, but we're in the mountains here. We're not in space or in an ice cave or wherever we've been all week, the prairies. I don't know. So they're going That's up. Right. We're going back up. We've got quite a few. I saw Kenny's water bottle uh, near the top. Pie boy there. Uh, but let's see. Oh, there's Blue Thunder. Keith S. first out right now. Very, very tight race, though. I mean, a ton of marbles. Very, very close. Pretty much anyone. Justin Fung's in. His former winner, Justin Fung. Recent winner, Justin Fung. I believe Justin won two weeks ago. Trevor Red Rangers in the mix. Uh, Dallas Paul's getting to the top right now. Uh, really, anyone's race, though. You can see with 161 marbles in, uh, there is nobody that has really extended themselves away from uh, from the rest of the pack. There's Brian Friesen. What up, Brian? And uh, Jeff Kabilis looking pretty good. Trevor Red Ranger right now in the lead, it looks like. Uh, Mike Weaven. Oh, there's Kenny Weeb, too. Kenny Weeb in the mix. Wouldn't that be something? Again, for the six additional marbles we put in, uh, those won't be eligible to win. If, For instance, if Kenny wins or Remus wins, we'll give the uh, prize to the second place finisher, but they will technically be the marbles champion of today. Um, it is still tight. Trevor Red Ranger looks like he's out. Aren't you happy you're not listening to the podcast, Trevor? You got to come in here looking quite good so far. Mike Rogers, 
Kenny Weeb, Doug Phil, Dunk Dynasty right now. Looking like they are the uh, are the head ones. Ah, this is a longer one. I like this. Ever Red Ranger, Mike Rogers, Kenny Weeb, Doug Phil, all in and around the lead pack right now. Well, I think we just had an elimination. Hasn't been very many so far. Like Mike Rogers is in the lead oh. right now. Okay, I was wondering. We had this. Oh. We had Jacob Hofer. He found the shortcut. Yes, Jacob Hofer. What a move! What a move! That was incredible. We've had that happen a couple times, but uh, Jacob Hofer with the incredible sly shortcut wins. Doug Phil in second, Winnipeg Chaster, Dunk Dynasty. Oh, Gregory Liverpool just got thrown over the top rope, Oleg style. And wow, a ton of uh, late eliminations right before the end. Oh, geez. <laughs> that, that was crazy. A lot of marbles decided to take the long way. But or Jacob Hofer broke the seal, found the shortcut, and shot his way into the finish. And it seems like everyone else has uh, figured out that, that route to the finish line. So shout out to Jacob Winnipeg Chester in second, Doug Phil third. What a, what a wild finish. That was a wild and a wild race. So, uh, Jacob, congratulations. Send us an email at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what size you are as well, and we'll make arrangements for you to come by and pick up your hoodie. Uh, of course, thanks again to Canadian Club. Great partners of ours, uh, allowing us to have these great prizes for Friday afternoons on the Winnipeg Sports Talk Marble Race. Jacob Hoffer, the winner, uh, a 12-second win because uh, somehow he got the, uh, got the run. And there's a big win for him. Miller time. In fifth, Ken Weeb with a strong performance. Kenny finishing sixth. Mike Ladarni, Derek Honer, Chris Fidoon, and Trevor Red Ranger rounding out the top 10. And oh, there's Dale Reese as well. Dale with a nice Marbles debut, 11th overall. Uh, man, been a great show today, folks. I'm looking forward to the game tonight. I will be there. Pop down and say hi if you, uh, you see me around. Uh, and maybe pop a by BP at City Place afterwards for a couple as well. Uh, don't forget Moose tomorrow afternoon, 2 p.m. And then uh, Remo, big one on Sunday as well, just to finish off. I'm looking forward to seeing Jacob Truba and the New York Rangers come to town. Would love to maybe see uh, them decide it might be a good day for the backup goalie to play on Sunday. You know how great uh, Sturk has been this year. But uh, first things first, can't bother talking about the Rangers until we drop the puck tonight against the Dallas Stars. This is true. Was played in Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg before. I'm trying to. Th we're talking about tribute videos all the time. I know it was a couple of years ago, but uh, I guess they've already already kind of done, been there, done that with him. Um, but yeah, Shuster going to have him fantasy this year. He's been awesome. You hear a lot of MVP talk about him. We are seeing teams go with the backup against the Jets. Maybe that could be another time you'll and they'll catch yet another break. We'll we'll wait and see. I have my eye on the Rangers. And uh, they're in action tonight against uh, hosting the Devils. So we'll see about uh, the Sunday night on TSN game. I'm really enjoying the oh, Sunday good. evening. Yeah, good. good. Yeah, yeah good. I know Dennis is doing pretty well. I think he said that, you know, they had 19 of the next 20 games a few games ago. So, um, yeah, we're going to get our fill of Dennis uh, for the next little while. And that, I think, is a good thing uh, yes. for most Winnipeg Jet fans. All right. Great stuff today. Uh, big thanks to Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Ken Weeb and Dale Weiss for joining us. Really enjoyed those conversations. 
And a huge thanks to the sponsors, of course, Canadian Club, who just helped us pull off the Marble Race, Cool Bet Canada, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Culligan Water, Vita Health, F Apparel, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Manitoba Battery, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, and Boston Pizza. Uh, any big plans for the weekend, Remo, other than uh, watching these games? Yeah, I'm going to uh, my son's swimming lesson tonight. I oh, got... I've actually got a scheduled gathering uh, Saturday evening. That's on tap, and I got to pick up. Uh, I had some pants altered by F Apparel. I got to find find time for that. So big shout out to Andrew and the guys at F for taking care of me. I'm looking forward to my new suit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We'll have a suit day here on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk yeah, at some we point. We'll uh, do it up and shock everybody when we just show up and won't say anything about it. Just basically be suit guys for a day. And then back to our hoodies and hats because uh, it's our show. We can do whatever the heck we want. That's the beautiful part about it all. Uh, listen, everyone, thanks for a great week. Thanks to all of our guests. We mentioned the sponsors, but most of all, thanks to you. Anniversary week for Winnipeg Sports Talk begins on Monday. The big day is Tuesday. Tuesday, and by my count, that will be Winnipeg Sports Talk number 253. What a great year it's been. Uh, but first things first, have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, fingers crossed we'll be talking about some big wins for the Winnipeg Jets on Monday's show right here, 1 o'clock live on YouTube and later in the afternoon in your podcast feed here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great weekend. Oh, my God. Oh! Oh! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.